Laureen. Hello and welcome to the Soundcast on the 15th of December 2013. It's a Sunday, I believe. Um, the cast of this cast includes uh, me, Dan Drain, as the host, uh, Robert Kemp. I feel like I should have said Florine in a more interesting manner. Robert Kemp plays uh, the Great Glacial Spoon, and but I said it in a very normal manner today. It wasn't that normal. Florine, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like Florine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't like that. But it wasn't like dun 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 Florine. <laughs> okay, we'll do that next time then, apparently. <laughs> Anyone know what fluoride's used for? Other than fluoride, it's I guess. Stinking the place up. <laughs> it's, it's official title. That's <laughs> basically what it's for. Yeah, the... Now available from Robco. Fluoride. Are <laughs> 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 you just gonna sell bulk chemicals? Is that gonna be your new? You're gonna be like the yeah, shops. Well, we'd have to come up with some kind of like it has to fit with the fucker brand. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, nose fucker. Yeah, cool. Now from well, we've probably had nose fucker in some form. Or factory nerve fucker. <laughs> Endothermic fucker. <laughs> Endo- uh, Endothermic fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it would be endothermic though with fluorine. I can't remember. No, it's exothermic. Most chemical reactions, isn't it? Endothermic is the weird one. Chemistry fucker. <laughs> now with fluorine. By today, to avoid disappointment, this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you giving fluorine? <laughs> Children. <laughs> You just wrap it up. Here you go, kids. Have some fluorine. What state is fluorine even? Is yeah. it gas? <laughs> it's just open <laughs> the box. Yeah, I don't think it would stay in a box very well. If you were doing, it would have to be like you'd have to make over like a cubicle enclosure of glass and then fill it with fluorine and then have it so when you open it, like the glass breaks <laughs> and then all the fluorine comes out. Dan, I don't feel well. Yep, that's pretty much how that would go. <laughs> <laughs> you would die pretty quickly, I would have thought. I, well, I don't think you'd necessarily die. <laughs> From a box with a fluorine to the face. Uh, how concentrated sure? is this fluorine? Well, it depends on how much of it you actually breathed in when a big uh, waft of fluorine hit you in the face. <laughs> a waft of fluorine, like a, a box-sized waft. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we measure. So is that like, what we're going to put on the box? Volumes. Quantity a what? <laughs> <laughs> One what? That sounds like a good quantity for like selling gases in. Oh, no. This has got several wafts. This container. <laughs> That's like how they should rate like aerosol cans. This can contains five thousand wafts, <laughs> pressurized. <laughs> Individually wrapped wafts. <laughs> the thing is, waft kind of implies like a large amount that's slow moving rather than like a, s- yeah, a I spray. Guess so. A waft would be a good name for one of those like Glade plug in things. <laughs> Probably already is. <laughs> this or has been. Hey, I've the got Glade one of these. Waft. It's like that first there was the iPhone, then there was the Nest, now there's the waft. 
I don't think iPhone counts in that category. I don't know, like for sty- over <laughs> consumer electronics that add nothing. Oh, right, that category. I was thinking more along the lines of names that are just every word. I suppose iPhone does add something, but, you know, over-stylized, <laughs> something. Like, hyper-electronics, hyper- I guess. I'm going to call them hyper-electronics, like hypercars. <laughs> okay, then. That makes sense. Somewhat. Yeah. Robco is not in the business of hyper-electronics. Isn't it? No. <laughs> it's in the business of fucking electronics. <laughs> it's in the business of regular electronics. Super electronics. <laughs> Ultra-electronics. Fucking electronics. It's official. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> Everyone all right? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's actually maybe have the same conversation for a minute. Everyone's just <laughs> Florian canisters to every child in the land from Fugger Industry. <laughs> Robco. That was the the um the scene they cut from Children in Need. <laughs> Children in Need of Flame. There's a show called just go after an unfortunate industrial accident. <laughs> Robco Industries accidentally poisoned a million children with fluorine based <laughs> prisons. <laughs> With a million wafts worth of fluorine. <laughs> it's the most wafts of fluorine ever expelled at one time. <laughs> Was it all coordinated? <laughs> well, so it wouldn't be. It wouldn't really be a million wafts. It'd be like a megawaft. <laughs> <laughs> one megawaft. <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that. Not you could use that for part, but. you could use that for um like uh, weather forecasting and like instead of saying the most <laughs> like power of the wind, you could see like, like how many wafts for second <laughs> yeah, wafts <laughs> <laughs> for like serious storms and hurricanes. It would be that would make it sound much cooler, isn't it? Because like miles per hour and kilometers per hour, it's just kind of awkward to say. Just call yeah. it wafts. Fifty wafts a minute. One <laughs> count. <laughs> Yeah, that's the trouble. You're still using it in wafts per hour, though, aren't you? Unless waft, guess, unless yeah, a waft, waft is... actually has a speed associated with it. Yeah, <laughs> a, wa- a waft is a bit like a. Well, you mean it's a bit like momentum or something, or inertia, where it has like a. Yeah, it has like, like a, a volume quantity. and a speed. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You could just like, convert yeah. that into momentum, I guess. I guess. Inertia wafts. <laughs> Well, what, is, what is the unit of momentum anyway? Like, do you have to say it in subunits, like together? Do you have to say mass, you know, like Newton mass meters, meters, seconds? Yeah, Newton meters or something. Yeah, like Newton. That. Yeah. That's not as good. Just call it wafts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that could work for like solids and things as well. No, not probably not as well. Not really. It's like, specific. So it's momentum, units of momentum for gas. Is the waft? Oh, you could you could sort of use wafts, couldn't you? Because it wouldn't necessarily. Because if if a waft is a measure of like mass, I guess for for like these gases, I guess. Or, no, no, it's then, to have speed as well. No, no, no. Like, if we're even if we're ignoring if we're ignoring this whole momentum thing about wafts, right? Then, <laughs> okay. Like we're just going back to it being volume again. Well, no. Given given that the the, the pressure of the Earth's atmosphere is roughly constant, then if it's like a windy day, then surely you're getting the same number of wafts, like 
because it's not like you're getting a compressed bulk of waft coming at you. If you're getting fast waft, therefore you would still sort of apply because the other sort of factors don't. Yeah, really... But that's why we, that's why when we were talking about wind speed, it was going to be like wafts per second. Oh, I get, the yeah, wafts of volume. Oh, true, true. <laughs> and how many of them are going past? <laughs> yeah, it would still be wafts per second, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rate of waft. <laughs> You're going to start uh, applying your calculus wafts. <laughs> Integrate over the wafts. And you will yeah, get yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, the, it's the meteorology branch of Ronco. Of course. Weather fuckers. You're listening to the weather fucking channel. <laughs> so, now the weather's over, the news. News! News! A, a southwest, the news is, this is southwesterly <laughs> of about 40 watts. 40 watts per second. Per second. Anyone uh, got any news then? For real? Yeah, <laughs> actual news. How about it? How's, how's everyone's week been? Anything interesting happening? Uh, no? Okay, move it up. I watched a film. What? Whoa, yeah. What did he on want? No, actually, a film. film. What, yeah, on physical media. Yeah, because my mum brings shit home from the charity shop. So you know, we just get piles of old DVDs that people hand in occasionally. Hmm. What well, crap did you watch? To clarify, what made you just leave them to watch from it? the charity shop? Here. But they go back. Yeah. We feed them temporarily. <laughs> That's how this charity shop shit works. Actually, normally, if if we're talking about the things from the charity shop that are in our house, 90% of it is things that have yet to be gone into our washing machine. Because apparently we have to wash everything that goes into that shop. And I was like, I hope well, she gets paid <laughs> for like electricity and water. Yeah, It's exactly. like all day, every day, that fucking washing machine. They it's should just have a toys. washing machine, right? Yeah, I know. In the shop. Trouble is that shop is tiny, so they couldn't actually. There's no space to have a washing machine in there. They just make a shit ton of noise, like washing toys in a well, there's washing soft machine. Toys. Oh, okay. Oh no, more Lego. Shall we like Tonka trucks and stuff yeah. like that? Like bits of Fisher Price that's just rolling around. <laughs> Not quite. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I watched the film. I watched Oblivion. Oh, that's the Tom Cruise yeah, one. Yeah, Tom Cruise Yeah. Where, it's, it's, right. where I suddenly realised that Tom Cruise is hella typecast as that guy. Because mm-hmm. it's basically the exact same film as Minority Fort and that new one that's coming out. That new one? Where, where he's like in some futuristic war and then he keeps dying, waking up and living the same day over and over. It's basically Groundhog Day but in a war. <laughs> I'm not aware of this film. It's, no, it's coming know. out soon, apparently. Ah. But I was like, Tom but Cruise basically is, does yeah. that same, that's the same role three times. And he's basically, he's basically the same in Mission Impossible as well. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Sort um, of. Although, Mission well, you know, it's, it's, it's pull the face, look to middle distance. He's one of those actors. It's... But yeah, that, it's like Oblivion is basically essentially of... exactly the same story as Minority Report. It's where pretty, it's like he discovers clever. what's wrong with the system and then has to fight. To... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell, tell you what, that, that film has. That film is weird in, great, in, in, in many ways. It's, it is flawed as a film, but it's. It's quite visually nice. I kind of like. Well, the, that's also how it's like basically the same as Minority Report. Yeah, I kind of like the concept, <laughs> and the soundtrack's pretty awesome too. Yeah. Um, but it does suffer from being. It's. It's. Yeah. It's, I'm totally with you because it becomes entirely predictable once you work out. Oh, it's one of those films. <laughs> yeah. Then the rest of the film is just like I know exactly where this is going. 
And and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the trailers didn't help because the trailers had um, Morgan Freeman and the head that showed that whole yeah, section. Where it's like, you're not meant to know. It's like, even that his name appears right at the start, you're like, you're just waiting for him to turn up. It's like, well, he's got to be one of these guys then. Yeah. <laughs> because then he'll be a human. And if Morgan Freeman's one of these guys, it's unlikely they're going to be a bad guy. Yeah. When exactly. has Morgan Freeman been a bad guy? He was yeah. a bad guy in that stupid James McAvoy thing with, um, with, um, he he was really awkward as a bad guy, um, you know the thing with the Loom of Doom. Do you remember uh, Wanted? Oh, wasn't it? yeah, I, I suppose he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He said things like "kill this motherfucker," which just didn't yeah. suit him at all. It was really strange. <laughs> Shoot the wings of the flies. But he just said that. A you lot. can bend bullets. <laughs> that was really terrible. But quite and then funny. buy more than car insurance. <laughs> I'm more than Freeman. Oh, wait. I lost it again. <laughs> Zach's just looking up the fucking weather. <laughs> it's fucking all right. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> With the subtitle, oh no, the weather machine is broken. <laughs> this this website's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have seen that one before. That's great. <laughs> it really, it really should edit those bits as well, though. Can we get them to add a waft counter? Yeah, exactly. They, they don't actually have wind speed. It's fucking wafty. <laughs> so they wouldn't give it. It'd be like what would be the qualitative measure of wafts? Would it be like wafty? <laughs> Guftastic. <laughs> Well, so instead of like breezy, yeah. it's like how you're describing how many wafts there are. Exhaling for a very light, just sort of <laughs> the sensation of wind without any of the real force. Right. <laughs> An exhale of wafts. Is that the collective noun for one exhale? An exhale. Yeah. No, I think exhale is too small for a collection of wafts. <sighs> Anyway, so so oblivion. I thought we were done with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did like the drones. Well, like the sounds the drones made were kind of well, cool. It's just like the generic, like futuristic robot noise. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the warning, sort of like, oh god, something's happening. <laughs> yeah, not quite like Metal Gear Solid with mooing, but it's sort of oh, similar. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that. It makes me feel kind of uncomfortable, like the, the mooing, and it's so weird. That's so great. It's very it, robot noise. it works so well. It's so I don't know, Japanese I, I think, and insane. The, the it's weird because normally I'd be all on board with that stuff, but for some reason, there's just something about Cal Metal Gears that's just. It's genius. Yeah, there, I think there's an ex- explanation as well for it, right? I mean, it is may, there? Isn't there? I Probably thought they were like. In that horrible mess of story. Yeah, and also they look like chickens and sound like cows, right? Yeah. Which is a bit weird. Well, I think there is some kind of backstory to why they sound like cows. They're, they are derived from some, you know, biological insides, aren't they, or something? Yeah, well, kind of. They kind of look a bit muscly, don't they? Like their their legs and stuff. Mm. I don't know. It's just like for a game that... A game has stupid light moments, but they're normally not actually a core part of the world <laughs> I don't know I mean. if that's meant like, to be funny there's, there's dude I don't know is it I, I don't think I don't think it's meant to be comedy but it just comes across as it because <laughs> you know what cow noise is and... exactly <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah, fair enough. In a, in a world filled with both gravitas in and dudes shitting their pants, <laughs> it's like cow robots should fit in real nicely, surely, <laughs> but it just doesn't. <laughs> oh, uh, so that was your news. You watched a film. Yeah, these yeah, is, you watched a film. News of the week. I saw and, Carrie. And you're, and you're saying thumbs down, are you? Or, or no, too it, generic? Was, it was fine. It's a fun film. It's just you, you know, you probably said you probably seen it before. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the Sky House. Me... Oh, well, right. Sky House was kind of cool. With their ridiculous fucking swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> just hangs off the bottom. Why would you even have a swimming pool? That's like a ridiculous luxury. Yeah. And especially considering the whole point of the uh, point of the like what's wrong with the earth is that the oceans are being drained. Yeah. It's like we can totally keep this little bit of water just for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's to keep them happy, isn't it? So they never they never question going home. Yeah, I guess, but the what did they think? What did they think that Triton was going to be like? Swimming pools for everyone. <laughs> There's just way too many convenient, like, oh, that's convenient that this person happens to have been someone that he knew and stuff like that. There's but just it's not convenient. It's really convenient because it's like, what are the chances of that happening? Like, really tiny. It was planned. What that with the that they meet. All right, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. That, that they meet the survivor who knew him. Well, because in when he's right, right at the end, where they where it does the flashback to the actual mission that made contact with the thing, yeah, he jettisons the other half of the ship to save them all, sure, including his wife, who's the person we're talking about, mm. and then she goes in. Then, but then the scavengers set up the beacon which targets the oh, I see, to, the to get to get her back because they knew she was there, yeah, and they knew because yeah, okay, gotcha, because they'd seen a million of him, yeah, but, yeah. So they knew that he he was. All right, sorry. Yeah. Okay. It, it does all make sense. It, I just okay. like I hadn't thought that far through. It just all sort of seemed like oh how convenient. <laughs> well, to be honest, it could have happened by itself anyway because presumably if that pod crash landed anywhere, there would have been one of him in the vicinity. Uh, yeah. Well, and she could have like if he hadn't been having a bad day or something, he would have just probably fucking shot her or something. I don't know. Well, it was. I mean, that is the lucky part where yeah. like she was everyone else one, died. She was the one pod that stayed inside the wreckage so he could protect it from the drone. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's what happened. You know, it's a film. <laughs> you have to have a bit of that ridiculous heroic luck. <laughs> yeah. So I saw Carrie. The remake of the uh, horror film. Yeah, because I've never seen the original. Brian the Palmer, uh, isn't it? The first one? Anyway. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so I didn't really know what I was getting into. And it's... it's, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, you know. Horror films aren't my thing at the best of time. But it's like... It's it's just it's just and I mean, horror just seems so rote to me nowadays. I don't right. know. Well, that is uh, like Stephen King's first ever novel, isn't it? Right. I guess. Carrie, I think. So it probably yeah. Not I don't, as I don't feel like as like more modern stuff. No, I, I guess I don't. I feel they didn't really run with it. I suppose they didn't really sort of try and expand on it that much. They, mm. um, from what I know about it, it just seemed very safe and very you know it's got some nice effects, I guess, but. And it's also like, you know, I guess the whole thing about, you know, being about teenagers and stuff like that, I just can't help but maybe the older me is just like, you're all fucking idiots. Yeah, like, like all teenagers in films are just twats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the time. It's really hard to... Although it has to be said, Julianne Moore playing a crazy person, that's really convincing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure she was acting, but... <laughs> 
She just walked into the film studio and yeah. was like, <laughs> to start doing things and they turned the cameras on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also find it weird that that film was... It's strange. The, the film was made by a woman. Like, this, the remake was like the, was written and directed um, by, by a lady. But it's weird because it's like... Quite a woman. But it's weird because <laughs> quite a lot of it just seems like... This, this feels like it was written by a man trying to appeal to women. Oh, and there's some really dodgy-looking camera work. Um, it's making me feel a little uncomfortable. Are you sure a woman did this? <laughs> what, camera work a... of the the young star, right? Because she's really young, isn't she? Still, uh, yeah, Chloe, no, yeah, uh, Chloe Star, something, Chloe something. Grace Morenz, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, she's really good. Um, yeah, well, she's good in everything she's in, pretty much. Uh, yeah, she's I been mean, in a uh, few like horror remakes, and I don't know why she keeps going for remakes. Why bother with that stuff? Yeah, anyway. I mean, a lot of critics thought that she was too confident a person to play Carrie. You see what I mean? And some of that is partially true. I don't think it's as bad as the critics made out, but I'm not normally as harsh as they are, I guess, unless it's the plot of Tomb Raider. But it's... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of cool. But I don't know. I I just don't get horror, I think. I don't get why it's such a popular thing. You're supposed to get, like... I don't know. You're supposed to get, like... I don't know, adrenaline or something, or something from like. Well, I guess yeah, there's the tension and, and then there's the release yeah. of when it's over, I suppose. Yeah. It's like, oh, film's over. Oh, I feel much better. Oh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's done. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm. I guess the only one that I really sort of liked like that, I guess, was The Ring, because that just that had a legitimate feeling of tension throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, and just general unease. And I thought it was well put together, but it didn't feel conventional. Not like. Oh, that one's gonna die. Um, <laughs> well, that was a Japanese film. I mean, they're always mental, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, even the American remake was wasn't bad, actually. Yeah, yeah. People say that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much what I got up to film-wise. That's oh, the film minute of the podcast. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see like the new Hobbit film, though. Yeah, it's apparently like it's bad. That. Really? I've heard it's like a lot of people. Have been, oh, it's actually, uh, uh, yeah, okay, it's polarizing. Yeah. Like the, it, I don't think there's not many people have said it's okay. They either say, well, this isn't that great because it's not Tolkien, or people have been saying, this is friggin' awesome because it's basically an action film. Well, I, I, I didn't really like the first one, but I'm, I mean. Yeah, first one I'm was sure, a mixed bag. I'm sure this could could still be good i'm sure the first Probably. one was just like well normally in lord of the rings we'd have an extended walking sequence but we can't have that in this let's introduce some orcs to the centers <laughs> where they never were right yeah 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 and also gnome just wants to go because you know benedict cumberbatch oh right but you're not going to see him or anything no but he you know his smoldering vocals are applied to the dragon you see what i did there yeah <laughs> that was way off. Smoldering, yeah. Smoldering, no, 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 I meant smoldering because he's a fucking dragon. <laughs> Not oh, I thought you were because he's smog. <laughs> okay, sorry. Smoldering, smoldering vocals. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> a double. You see what I'm working with? <laughs> news. Yep, news. <laughs> Might be my favorite podcast. <laughs> 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 We've only been going for 20 minutes. <laughs> what, 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 what,
Well, they basically linked the Wii U account and the 3DS account to make one account, which is surprising for Nintendo because they never do that. <laughs> That's sort of intelligent. Yeah. It's like it's, it's just one wallet, so your money goes in there and is used for, to buy things on both and all that, and it's one login. And so now you have the Miiverse on the 3DS as well. <laughs> so you can draw dumb pictures. And <laughs> That's pretty much what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Just people doodling. <laughs> pretty much. Does it really add anything? I haven't looked at it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it took me... From, uh, it was a big old hassle to even make a login. Mm. And then I made the login once when... Because the other trouble is you can't go into the 3DS store without logging in now because it's linked to that account. Sure. So I had to make one to do it. So I made one and did it because I need, needed to go into the 3DS store to update Pokemon because for some... <laughs> this, is a, this is a big mess, but Pokemon basically doesn't update through itself You because it's, a, well, the download version. Right, right. Although presumably this applies to the cart version as well because the cart version, you wouldn't be able to update anyway. No. But you have to go into the 3DS store, navigate to the Pokemon page as if you were going to buy it, even though you've already bought it, and then there's an update button hidden in there. <laughs> <laughs> which, oh, interesting. Which is a really dumb way of updating things. It's kind of crap. Especially when it doesn't tell you there's an update until you go in, into the game and try and connect to the internet, and it's like, no, does, there's a newer version. <laughs> go to the store. So the game doesn't even can't even hyperlink you to the no. store page. Huh. So I went for all that hassle of making the account, logging in to go to the store to get this patch, and then I then I turned my 3DS off. But I forgot to check, remember the password, and I can't remember what my password was because I was using a new password and I did and I wrote it down. So I can't actually remember it yet, but then it's not saved on my 3DS. So anyway, when I went to look at the first, I was like, oh, I need to log in. I'm not where my password is, so <laughs> can't do that right now. So yeah, it's on there. But they still haven't done any of the like the eShop integration or anything, so it's still a different eShop. Was it? Well, I mean, I mean the points thing, like you know. So well, no, because there wasn't points since oh, okay. it was the Wii U. It's been real cash, and so, now I guess it's real cash for both of them. So if you have a, like money in your Nintendo wallet, is that the same wallet across both stores now? Yeah, I think or? it is. Oh, okay. Well, that's an improvement. Although it did suggest that, like, I'm not even sure how this worked originally, but apparently, if you had if you had money of different currencies in your Nintendo wallet, right, it would get rid of any money that was in one of the of your non-standard currency. It was like you'll lose that money forever unless you spend it. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a bit of a bitch. Oh, wow. But I'm not sure when, why would you even have a wallet with two different currencies in for buying Nintendo stuff? Seems unlikely, doesn't it? How's that even... Well, unless you had, like... Well, the accounts you merged could have been from different regions, maybe. I guess. Like, you have a Japanese account and your UK account, and then you decide, oh, these are the ones I want to merge into the Miiverse thing. Oh, snap, (laughs) I've got to spend all my dust. Yeah, I guess so. Um, But then, surely... what happens if you're in that awkward position where you presumably like you've got so many, let's call them US dollars. Yeah. And then you've got, but you haven't really got the right amount to buy something. So you you, you say, right, I'm going to use everything that's on my account and then pay a little bit more to get something. So where does that little bit more come from? And do, would I have to put that into my US dollar account in order to do it and then be left with more money left over? <laughs> or, well, it's it's like, like so, to, to deal with that stuff. If I remember rightly, it's weird that I can't really remember because I bought plenty of stuff on the 3DS store, but I think you can, providing you go over a minimum, it's like Steam, providing you go over a minimum amount, you can just put in the right amount. As much as you want, yeah. yeah. You don't actually have to buy it in chunks like you would with Microsoft or whatever. Points. But 
because it's actual money. That makes the assumption then that you can think you can find a single transaction that's big enough. I suppose you just buy a Square Enix game. <laughs> we just, I think big enough means like more than four quid. So it's okay. not that big. It's not so bad. But uh, that depends on how much you have left in your account. Like, but yeah, I guess but if it's less than four quid, really, just fuck it at that point. Maybe. But <laughs> Come on. I don't know who wants to get just let money go. It's money versus hassle. Mm. Speaking of things that are not much more than four quid in the free, in the 3DS shop, I noticed there's a category for Sega 3D Classic. Yeah, that's been around for a while. Yeah, I've yeah. just never looked at it, and it's like they, they've just made the Mega Drive games, but with a 3D effect. Yeah, which actually looks kind of cool for like Sonic and Echo. Yeah, that must be really awesome for Sonic, actually. But... Yeah, and there's only like a single screenshot of each, and I was like, right. let's set up the 3D and see what it looks like. Like. Then I hope this has a proper parallax because Sonic in, in, with like parallax backgrounds would be pretty damn cool. Yeah, that awesome, would be pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I was almost tempted to buy it, but it's like four and a half quid. And I was like, eh. it is. It's a bit of a ask, isn't it, for a game that's like how old is Sonic now? <laughs> very, very what old. Was it? It's 90... more than twenty years because they had the twenty anniversary. The thing is, is, is it ninety one? Something like that. Sonic one, something like that. It's early nineties. Yeah, but it's a. Uh... Yes, that's maths. I was tempted by Echo, though. <laughs> really? Um, I liked Echo the Dolphin 1, but I had it on PC, and the trouble is I know that if I... if I, because The PC it, version was better, though. Yeah, the PC version was better, and it had the PC music, which yeah. is the main reason why we're playing Final Fantasy <laughs> 7 on PC. <laughs> I don't because think that's the main reason. Music. It is the main reason. I, well... I'd, I'd I'd take the PlayStation version any day. Well, I wouldn't did say it was better. No. It's just different. Does <laughs> the Steam version have the PC music? It's, yeah, it's, it's it's the same. It's all MIDI based. And... Yeah, they did. Apparently, they patched it so that you can have the PlayStation music yeah. for Final Fantasy VII. I think Final well, Fantasy VIII, that... which came out, is eight yeah, has just come out. out. Yeah, I think that's news, isn't it? It's, 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 and I know it's the game that is. That's the PC version of that. <laughs> Apart from multiplayer games, that is the game. You know that, that holds the accolade of being. <laughs> the most played single player game I've ever owned <laughs> but I never finished it and I'm a bit worried that I was sort of tempted to go oh that's really good well once we finish Final Fantasy 7 obviously that's a good plan we'd have to stay with us for another like four years <laughs> <laughs> and you have to play all the card games and shit like all the oh way. god well apparently playing the card games is the way to win because... Oh yeah, yeah, triple triad. You can get some seriously powerful stuff. From Although it. apparently, I was reading people were talking about the Steam version. <laughs> They've done the stupid thing where the Steam version basically has a cheat code built in that you could toggle, where it just gives you like stacks of a hundred in uh, all the magic, oh, really? <laughs> so you can instantly just become the most powerful person in the world. It, so basically, the it, it basically just has an easy mode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm not against that because that's like you know those games are enormous, and if you you want to play them for the story there's no real way to do so you know, unless you're willing to go through the grind but it's just like they just they're just like admitting that the junction system is <laughs> retarded are they I, I i consider it like you know just playing a game when easy to see the story yeah but the, like the whole when you actually played final fantasy, final fantasy 8 if you wanted to be good what did you have to do you had to fucking stand there and grind and draw magic for like five hours sure <laughs> that's not cool no it was strangely Moorish, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. There was always something very appealing about the FF8 flight system. I don't know. Even if I didn't understand boost. Because <laughs> it had a dumb active system. Yeah. Pull the trigger. <laughs> Put on your gun sword. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They reused that sort of in Lost Odyssey, which I also really liked. 
Maybe there is something to that, the sort of slight addition of active mechanics. Well, yeah, like Mayor and Luigi, yeah. basically. I, I, I really wish they didn't just put those out on 3DS <laughs> like, or DS, because they, they all look awesome. Those. You know, just get a 3DS and then you'll be good. It's... Maybe, uh, maybe with some of the extra dough I'm making with this side project I'm working on, like did a bit of contracting, which will be why I won't have that much to talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So what yeah. else were we talking about? Oh yeah, 3D classics. I guess that news. That's my 3DS news. That's all. That's what I saw on the 3DS. What I was looking at. So what else? Steamos came out. Yes. Well, well, it's the beta. The beta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Plus, and the steam, steam machines have entered people's houses, and those things are super ugly. But, people know, actually like um, received them already. Yep, there's been some unboxings. Oh, interesting. Are they just looks, uh, are they ugly because they're beta or ugly because? Yeah, I guess they're just, they're just a big grey box. Like, yeah, just made, it looks like sort of the industrial metal that's just been not well machined. You know, like there's no, there's no design to it. Right, okay. Well, that must be before, yeah. They must have a case in the works. Yeah, yeah we've seen it. I hope this isn't yeah. it, let's put it that way, because it doesn't make sense for it to be this. You wouldn't be able to sell it as a consumer product like as it is. It looks like, you know, like... Um, actually, I suppose a good example is, you know those build-it-yourself guitar pedals you have? Yeah, I know the ones, yeah. It's <laughs> sort of reminiscent right, so of that completely... a little bit. It's slight, slightly better, I suppose, but... Like probably safe. <laughs> <clears throat> so what's in it? The in the uh-huh. uh, beta <laughs> news. We don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they did. They it... always said they were going to put out three different versions of that. Oh right, okay. So it's got like different so, combos of graphics cards and shit. Yeah, presumably mm-hmm. for testing purposes, which makes a lot of sense. So yeah, if that's out in the wild, hmm. you can download it if you want. Although apparently, like at the moment, I only saw this in passing, um, seconds before we went on air, <laughs> actually. Um, but it's not for the, the current version is not for Linux noobs, really. There may be some hurdles to getting it up and running if you're doing it yourself. It's not simple yet. Right. Yeah. That's the impression I, I got. It probably takes a little bit of thinking about. I mean, it's based on Debian, right? It's not. It's not like Ubuntu or anything more user no, friendly. <clears throat> so yeah well, probably a bit heavy metal to try it right now but uh greater things will come once they've worked everything out and people have played with it and been given all their feedback and shit indubitably i'm trying to look at a picture it kind of look reminds me of my dad's like stereo equipment to be honest like his amplifiers and stuff uh, yeah a little bit a little bit kind of very stereo equipment from the 70s maybe <laughs> yeah yeah like, but if you didn't mind cutting your finger on the edge <laughs> indeed and well i have to see i think there's some videos out there of people using the you know the oh yeah there's some portal 2 video with someone using the controller out and stuff like that oh, yeah for realsies this time uh yeah so that happened I got to play with, like, as part of the rig that I'm using for my contracting work, a Windows 8 laptop. And it's like, oh, yeah. damn, that boots fast. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about 8, isn't it? It's got faster boot times. It's like, Although, it's like a, mo- it's a mostly clean system. It's like got barely nothing on it. So, you know, it's is like, it an SSD? It's like fresh. 
Yeah, it is SSD right. as well. Yeah, because my, my, I use SSD on my, um, you know, my main machine for the Windows, and it does boot really fast. Not as fast as that, I wouldn't have thought, but still, it's, pr- it's pretty fast. Yeah, it's... <laughs> And I know people were saying about it, but when you when it actually happens in front of you and on a cold boot, you're just like, okay, that's impressive. Yeah, it's cool. I think mine is going slower now, but it's like it's it's pretty insane how fast Windows can load up into memory from an SSD, especially with the eight is you know optimized for even faster boots. So mm. yeah, it's pretty cool. It's cool. I, I don't and I don't mind Windows eight as an OS like my. As as much as I as little as, I, as I've used it, it seems cool. Have you got eight point one on there or whatever? Uh, not sure. If I'm honest, it's probably just eight. But right, it seems alright. I don't know. Oh no, no, it is eight point one. Sorry, because there's a start button. Right, cool. But yeah, I don't, don't see what the big deal is. Why, why, why everyone hates it? It seems alright. It's, it's on a laptop with a little touch screen as well. That seems to work pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you find yourself going from the Mouse. I found myself going to the touchscreen. Touch yeah, I found yeah. myself going to the touchscreen like naturally, expect, especially for the start menu. I mean, it's meant for touch, isn't it? The, the well, yeah, not even that. Just even using Windows, like on right. the desktop mode, I just end up finding myself like just touching things mm. rather than trying to use the trackpad. And it's like because mm. it's actually faster, right? Well, over a trackpad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess if I had a mouse attached, I might be doing it differently. But because I guess the motion to move my hand from the mouse to the screen might be a bit further, but. I don't know. I like it. So is that? Did you get yourself that, or is that for? No, no, no. That's part. Of, that's part of the rig I'm doing in the use. It says it's not mine. But... Oh right, it's part of the contracting deal. Yeah. Okay. Hmm, cool. Is that the locksmith thing we're doing? No, no. This is something different. Um, oh right. Okay. Cool. There's a company in the building. Let me do some hardware integration y stuff. Oh, interesting. So yeah, it's been. Most of my week, <laughs> most of my evenings has been taken up with that. But. Ah, fair enough. Okay. Not many games then, but we've still got more news, I expect. You say GT6 <laughs> has come out? Yeah, GT6 has come out. And On the PS3? Yeah, and the general consensus is, is that this is what GT, the game GT5 promised to be. Yeah, yeah. Is actually for real in GT6. That's kind of what I was hoping. That seems to happen quite a bit with GT, is that they... They kind of try and go they all out. They, they kind of cock up the first version they release on the console, yeah. maybe. And then yeah. I don't know. GT one was fairly revolutionary, but and but yeah, GT three people have mixed opinions about, and four yeah. refined it. And then they cocked up five, and then well, it still yeah. has some weird things. Like they got rid of the vis- like it doesn't visibly tell you whether a car is premium or not, but there are yeah. definitely premium or not cars. Yeah. It's just that the knots are quite a lot better than they used to be. I saw some footage of like a premium car on like the brand's hatch circuit and it looked awesome. And then immediately afterwards they showed like a really shit car model on a really poor track and it just looked like a PS2 yeah. game. And it's like, this it's, is the it's, same it's, game. It's very hit hell? and miss visually. There are bits where it looks great. Like, yeah. but I've seen some, there's some really, really ugly footage out there. Like if the camera does a, during the replays, if a camera does a zoom on something too far away, all the shadow detail goes to shit and starts flickering really weirdly. Right. Like it just looks totally and utterly balked. Um, trees are still super flat, like you know, just a bitmap basically, um, about one side to them. Um, there's a lot of very close pop in, so crowds and stuff will just sort of appear as you drive within a few mm-hmm. hundred yards of the stands, which looks really weird. But a lot of people say that the driving model, like as in the actual feel of the car on the track. 
on, on its own, let's say, is really, really, really good. Like yeah. a vast improvement even over what they did last time yeah. um, to the point where it's generally the preferred driving model. Um, the content is really good. Um, there's tons of stuff there, which is um, ultimately fours or fives downfall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Spoiler alert for later conversations, I guess. <laughs> the, the track fatigue has sort of set in on fours or fives. And I'm right. barely anywhere through that. Um, mm, interesting. Which is a shame. Whereas, so that's kind of appealing. But the collision model is still awful. And that's just a deal breaker for me. It's still the bumper car bounce off everything. They are, they just collision don't, model. They, just they don't, don't care. give a shit about that. No. They don't care. It's not their priority. Like, it's the lowest of their priorities, which is crazy because it's like, if you're doing like stock car racing or general racing in video games, there's quite a lot of bashing around, really, which they wouldn't yeah. be in real racing. But they just want everyone to behave like, like real racing because that's how their minds work. I think. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. I don't. And they're so obsessed with cars, they they can't imagine you actually knocking them into it on one another. You know. Yeah, this so is the thing. It's, it's like if you're driving time trials, the game seems almost perfect. Mm. If you're doing any kind of racing, which is what I like to do <laughs> in yeah. a racing game. <laughs> Oh, then it's then it suddenly becomes a very flawed experience, and I just can't get behind that at all. Well, I wouldn't. Just, what they ought that to just do doesn't like, sound appealing. It's like perhaps to... if I wasn't into it so much, then maybe I'd be have a better opinion of it because it would be like, oh, it's really forgiving, it's really fun, and it's like, no, no, if I crash, I want to suffer for it. <laughs> I want to be penalised for crashing and being an asshole. Yeah, exactly. What they need to do, if, if that's the way they want to go, is to just massively penalise any kind of um, any kind of collisions and make sure the AI will like yield to you if you're in the way, rather than ramming you or whatever. You know, so so make it so that it's if you start ramming them, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. But equally, they're not gonna gonna you know they they're equally you know afraid of yeah i don't know i think it's a really difficult thing to pull off some kind of like uh some kind of model like that because that's why you know things like f1 and stuff have stewards so they can try and assign assign blame during an event because sometimes it's not very clear cut and the unfortunate fact of of playing video games as as i think i may have mentioned last time did i mention that i tried fours or five multiplayer on the last cast yeah and that everyone's an asshole yeah and it's like yeah. and then their driver tiles become assholes as well yeah exactly it's, it's <laughs> vicious. although driver tiles are a lot more fun to race against than real people <laughs> in that game which is I think if, if that's the case you've got a problem on your hands and it's like because Forza 5 doesn't really penalise aggressive driving it barely there are a lot of lots of bits of track you can just like take a horrific shortcut over about it slowing you down I mean Forza 5 does this thing where if you it thinks you're taking a shortcut in a bit of or you're in a bit of track you're not supposed to be it'll just slow you right down like super unrealistically but it's a way Mm. of stopping you just cutting corners i Um, see um whereas so they don't they don't really go very far i don't think they don't have any collision uh, penalties or anything like that they don't really have caution ratings and stuff like that um but they uh, the other extreme is a game i think the the tocker games when they were still about they had concepts like drive through penalties and black flags and stuff for aggressive driving and it's yeah that's and starting that's, to seem more and more appealing and tocker is like the the kind of real life racing that has the most bashing probably unless yeah. it's like dodgems or some shit 
I mean, the, the, the old Taco games apparently had problems with that system because it would often give you the penalties for things that the AI did, stuff like that. And I guess that's where right. the trouble lies. No one's really yeah. mastered that system yet. Um, unless like someone could introduce a mode into like a racing game where you could be the race official. And like, and like it tells you, there's been an incident, watch the replay, and then you make a decision on it. And then he's like, you've been given a drive-through penalty. Ah. Oh. Or if, or if there was some kind of like, okay, you drive the race as you normally would maybe, but then you get like penalties dished out at the end of the race in terms of time that could then reorder the positions. I don't know. It's like the way it stands now, it's just not fun. But maybe GT5 gets around that problem by having such a simple collision model. Maybe multiplayer actually works because you can't fuck each other up. Maybe, maybe. Maybe that's why they keep it that way. I mean, just need to try, I guess. It's hard to say though. It does seem doesn't seem right i mean i mean like in formula one if two cars touch like they're not going to be they're they're probably off aren't they it's like they well they describe themselves as the driving simulator Hmm. and it's like okay sure you've got the driving bit right they don't just so by that logic they're actually doing exactly what they set out to do (laughs) but the problem is is that a lot of the game focuses around racing yeah and it's like you can't have a racing game without simulating collisions correctly Hmm. Unless you're Mario Kart, in which case it's fine. You only want some kind of rudimentary bounce mechanic on a kart racer, really. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know. I just, I, I just wonder what they could do about, I don't know, the French problem. <laughs> like when you're being Frenched. Yeah. Or pit turned, I guess. <laughs> just happens all the bloody time. I don't know if it's... I don't think I've ever played an online multiplayer racing game that is, like... It's so hard to make those fun because everyone's always an asshole. Well, I don't know. I guess that's where, like, perhaps the scene of like eye racing and stuff like that perhaps appeals. It's a shame they're just not very visually appealing, or yeah. But with like, if you're playing eye racing, they're gonna everyone's gonna kick your ass, aren't they? I, mean, I guess it's super hardcore, but yeah. Presumably, they have like a league system, and you can start in the beginner ranks and go against noobs as well, and all that stuff. That's true. But, that's true. Probably, but you're probably uh, if you're playing iRacing, you're always going to be playing with people who give a shit about motorsport, I guess. But then, perhaps, you, yeah, yeah. But I don't yeah, know. Absolutely, there's definitely room for a middle ground game. I don't know, or someone could just do something about not playing with assholes, or there'd be some reporting system to say this guy raced aggressively. And therefore, he gets matched with other aggressive races, and like so, I could move away, like purposefully choose to be met to be matched with proper races. I like to have a race. I like to have a skill based race in a game like that, hmm. where the driving model is so good. I don't want to be firing red shells at people. It's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not hoping, wishing you were playing Blur or whatever. You want to play no. a real racing. If I've been beat, yeah, I I feel I don't feel hard done by if I've been beating by someone who has outdriven me. Um, if I cocked up on Laguna Seca on the last bloody lap and ballsing up the corkscrew real bad, I think I deserve to lose a few places. Yeah, um, yeah. If I'm driving along a straight in a slightly more, um, slightly underpowered VW Beetle and the, <laughs> and the, uh, a Honda Civic comes up and pit turns me on the straight when he could have easily just overtaken me, I get pissed. Yep. That's not a fun experience. No. Except it must be friggin' hilarious for the other guy, but I don't know. I tend to drive cars that are better handling and not so great on the straights, mm. but like make up time in the corners. And, uh, yeah, it's more fun that way rather than. Yeah. I guess it's like 
if you're in an insane if you're in a if you're in a car that can't corner i guess that has a lot of skill to it doesn't it because you know you've got to get around the corners at some point and you've also got to break when you're going like super fast at the end of the straight you've got to choose your braking well, that's hard to know. i don't know driving a car off. that's like high powered but crap in the corner and still do well is quite a, is, is is a pretty good skill exactly yeah <laughs> you know it, you know playing in one of those cars is harder but i don't know abuse abused online this has turned into a pause of five discussion sorry it's um, okay well it's it's, as it's online racing in general GT6. i don't forget yeah oh, it's, it's online racing in general i suppose it's always been a problem since since i've been trying to play them since pgr2 mm. i i feel like street racing kind of feels more like aggression should be more you know seems more normal than street racing compared <coughs> to like circuit racing yeah maybe but even so it doesn't help the experience but, but yeah good on them for making the best gt yeah oh that was the other thing that's worth mentioning given that we give we gave gt5 like worst music award oh yeah music seems pretty actually pretty solid in this yeah i some, mean they still do time. they still do the jazzy thing in the menus but apparently it's like actually relatively good sort of jazzy funk music right <laughs> and and it does have a killer soundtrack but like for the race music and it sounds like you probably need it because most of the audio of the cars is kind of guff as well um so it's but you know you can if gt5 was only for you to go by you could customize all of that so you can have all of the music play in the menus if you don't mind going through an incredibly long list and setting each one manually to be menu and track music and stuff like that and just going through all of them which took a real long time <laughs> uh gt6 then Yes, uh, it seems like worth a shot. If that, I mean, we've all moved on now. I guess. I mean, who's going to be buying it when when they've got well, the PS4s? You've hit the other interesting thing. GT6 has currently sold less than twenty percent of what it did when GT5 launched. Yeah, well, it's tiny. It's got a tiny. No, no one's buying it. <laughs> they timed obvious. it just wrong because if they if they brought it out when GTA5 came out, they would have had enough window to like. Do you know what I mean? I guess, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, the market that next-gen consoles has taken is only a very small sliver. Of the I know, but it's like video gamer market but, in general. But, but I guess talking. are people saving for the new ones, or yeah, maybe or they still are. have that money set aside, or yeah, maybe they're saving, or maybe they're just like the conversation has moved on to these new consoles, and and I don't know. And so, it's a bit and weird. so you become reluctant. Or... Yeah, it's like. I'm sure there's quite a lot of people who probably like with GTA five, for example, I bet there's quite a few people who would play are only going to play it once uh, where they would have played previous titles multiple times because they've had to unplug their freaking they've run out of HDMI ports and they're, they're plugging in yeah. their Xbox ones and the PS fours. And it's like, well, that one goes in the attic now and then they're not going to play GTA five again unless they buy it again on PC or whatever, which they is quite, you know, not not everyone will do so sure but unless you're into the sort of like gta's brand of chaos i suppose and just going around the world doing shit i mean are you planning on going back to it well i played gta 4 more than once but it was years apart you know there won't be another sure. gta for a long time so i'm planning on playing it again but it probably won't be for uh, I'll, okay i'll enough. probably play red dead red dead again before i play gta 5 again but it'll be a while but i won't you know but at that point, my 360 will be, it won't be 
out. I'll be. I'll. I will probably play it on PC, but that's because I'm a mental fan of the series rather than. Yeah. Most people wouldn't buy a game twice, so. Um, uh, yeah. So, and I think that might apply to GT6 or whatever. It's like, well, I could get this and I could get a lot out of it, but I mean, the clock's running out. You know, it doesn't have the same life that that um, another game might have. Sure. Uh, you know, at a different stage in the. Con, uh, in the uh, console cycle purely because the machine is probably going to go in a box yeah I mean I'm going to try and set up my Xbox to be attached to like one of my PCs I suppose so it's yeah. set somewhere else I don't mean I don't have the right cabling to get the sound good right now so I need to go yeah. and sort that out at some point hello Amazon um, but it's yeah. I'm probably end up saying because I don't. I, I never had an HDMI port for this one. I suppose it was already was kind of awkward. But it's, it's more optical sound is the problem for me because my amp yeah. doesn't support HDMI audio. So it's, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a bit of a shame. Yeah. What are we to do with all these consoles? I mean, God. It's a <laughs> what you to do is to buy a new amp because <laughs> your amp is like the oldest thing in that entertainment center now. Those things aren't cheap, though, man. No, no that's true. I mean, <laughs> the, one I'm, the one I'm looking at is £300 plus, which does, right. like, full HDMI audio with plenty of slots and has AirPlay built in and stuff like that. And, oh, that sounds okay. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's basically a Sony. It's, a, it's, a, it's the updated model of the one I have. It's just right. that it's been updated for many years. <laughs> yeah, many, yeah. many years. Well... Yeah, probably be a worthy investment because you'll probably have it for many years, indeed. Yeah, sure, sure. But it's, it's one uh, of those things that aren't that much. But fun. I can make it last. Is the thing. Yeah. It's like it's not. It's not essential. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, you, if you actually get a new one, it will be like suddenly they'll invent a new technology and then you'll be boned. Yeah. <laughs> it'll only last like one year. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, I don't see anything surpassing HDMI in the near future, though, because you know it's all digital, it all in one cable. Yeah. How can you beat that, really? Yeah, I think HDMI is here to stay. Well, unless they finally start doing like totally wireless comms between televisions, and, yeah. And sadly, things. that's a while away. A way off. It'd be so yeah. cool if, if at some point all the wires disappear. I mean, just in general, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but it'd all be the so wires awesome. gone. Yeah, the, the technology won't be there yet, but all the wires will just disappear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will be fucked. Just evaporated. <laughs> like all the technology works, it's just all the wires. Oh man, we're gonna have to make a shit ton more wire. Oh god, just about, like how far does this go? Like, does that mean like all the cabling underground, all power is gone? <laughs> no phones, no interwebs, no cat. No, no, the phones are there. They just not connected to anything. Just not connected. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like if like if everything, if all the wires disappeared, but everything still worked, it'd be like you could never plug something into something else now. <laughs> be perfectly no. attached to whatever it was last plugged into because the wire doesn't exist oh, so you can't unplug it. <laughs> oh, what you mean the opposite happens that the wire exists, well, the wire still exists but everything gets fused. No. Like, like, <laughs> so there's no sockets anyway. Well, all, all sockets all get closed off and all wires get permanently attached to anything they're attached to. No, I just meant like all the wires disappear but then there's just some mystical force that still create, still causes the transmission of electricity and signal along between the two objects the wires were attached to. Oh, I see. So all the wires disappear but you're stuck with this scenario forevermore and you hope that your monitor doesn't ever die. Yeah, exactly. And that all that you're... You could oh, never unplug the, something. Yeah, because that, that, even you, you would be able to change the hard drive in your PC because they're wired. 
Well, it depends how you define wire. I mean, if you've got wires inside your CPU, you're kind of boned when they <laughs> no longer work. Well, no, are they called wires when, when it's like a, a pathway, I suppose? But it doesn't when matter when it's, when it's, it's inside the CPU silicon. because you never replace those. Mm, that's true. Depends on our definition of wire here, I suppose. <laughs> a bundle of cable that's external to a device. <laughs> So yeah, for, for connectivity between the wires. Soon. Okay. <laughs> Prepare yourself for Wiregeddon. Shall we move on to what you've been playing? And Zachary Burgess. Well, there was, the v, there was the VGXs as well. If we were to talk about uh, I don't have anything to say about them. No, other than it. I, oh, I saw a couple of clips from it and it seemed awful. Yeah, apparently it was bad. Who was they, the host? Apparently, weirdly, like, apparently the main problem with it was that they didn't have a studio audience. Well, yeah, because they would, they, would, they would say, and the game that wins is this and then there'd be an awkward silence and then the guy would try and rouse some sort of enthusiasm from the crew and be like, come on! And they'd be like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite problem that you would have thought would happen it's like normally studio audiences suck because they're always too enthusiastic about everything <laughs> but then it's, it's only because they had a presenter that's a problem because like when you're watching like the game of the year videos like from Giant Bomb or GT or something the fact that you know it's produced thing it doesn't need a big fanfare yeah so, and the game of the year is or well, I suppose Giant Bomb they've always sort of like said it all together they do a cut yeah yeah it's just all of them going redemption <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. It was dumb. We didn't watch it, and we don't care. <laughs> I don't know, the VGAs were always dumb in the first place, like because yeah, that, that was too big an event and too bonkers. But and they always gave shitty awards to dumb things like people. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's a dumb thing now. Yeah, <laughs> and much. the twenty twelve award for dumb thing in video games goes to. Curiosity and Peter Molyneux. Pretty much. So did you guys watch the stupid um the, the Charlie Booker thing? That oh yeah. Are, yeah. Uh, that was the, the the funniest moment in that was when uh, when they, he had a bunch of talking heads say that anyone who had a BBC Micro was hopelessly posh and that they had <laughs> Peter Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That was awesome. hilarious. That show was a bit its title was misleading because it wasn't so much how video games changed the world it was a history of video games with a five minute postulation at the end about how he thinks they've changed the world yeah true <laughs> which is still awesome as a history like, of video game show it's a pretty good like walk through it for people that are, perhaps haven't been part of the world part well that's of the it it was world. kind of it was meant to be for I don't know who it was for. I guess it was for like Guardian readers who know who Charlie Booker is but don't care about computer games <laughs> I guess. And they also had the writer of Tomb Raider on it. So, you know, I had to just go, oh, you're responsible. Oh, it's you, is it? Like, and, and, you know, the worst bit about it is it, it, it's a lady. And it's just like, well, there aren't that many ladies in video games, relatively speaking. So now I feel a little bit bad. <laughs> a British lady, yeah. Yeah. It still sucks. <laughs> oh, well. It's like she's a double man writer because she couldn't even write what she knows being a British lady. <laughs> 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 oh dear <laughs> all British ladies have a, have a you know they've got an advantage when writing Lara Croft stories <laughs> obviously that's how that works <laughs> end of news yeah, I guess yeah okay Peggle 2 came out Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go, an Xbox One game got released. I think that might be the last thing of the year to come out on to be in the schedule for one 
<laughs> yeah, that, that game would never have worked on the previous generation. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's so you, next you, you need the raw power, don't you? That's, I mean, I mean you, you thought you knew Extreme Fever, but, but exactly. now you literally break out in herpes on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> herpes or fever? I don't know. <laughs> I've got my now. <laughs> Extreme malaria. Well, that's the thing. Everyone's upset that 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 song is only on one of the characters now, and all the characters have their own ending yeah. music. Well, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that mix it up a bit. But it's not give you a reason to, to use another character. I suppose it's just like I want, I want to be the character that has that one. Depends if the other themes are equally ridiculous yeah well it's hard to write some of them seemed quite good choices but you can't really beat ode to joy for that yeah but it's thing. closing the title i suppose yeah, yeah. Right. it has the most joy and you only get that ode means. <laughs> <laughs> no but <laughs> and you probably don't want to play with bjorn the unicorn because he's got the most basic power like I mean, yeah. fine, the most but... basic power is the, that, like the most useful power. Uh, I like the really owl power. Not really for scores. The first one, I yeah. can't remember what, what it was. The Zen shot. Yeah, the Zen shot. Wow! I only use that on occasion. I I ended up liking flower power more. I think because if you, you if you manage to hit a green early on and you got the, all the reds quite early, then your multiplier would go up. Yeah, no, that's true. Quite yeah. quite a lot. So if you're gunning for a score target, then that was a pretty good way of doing it. I'm not sure. I mean, some of the new powers look okay, I guess. I don't know. The, the kind of freeze power looks quite insane, where everything sort of t- pinballs and slides around crazily. Is there only five Peggle Masters in this, then, so far? I think so. Yeah, I think it might be five or six. Which is what I read. Because it's like, what happened to all the others? Why Why are they not just there? They've all been benched like, apart from, DLC. Yeah, because of Pop Cap and EA trying to nickel and die. Because there's a menu option on the main menu that doesn't do anything yet that's clearly got the picture of a shopping cart on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how you know. Coming soon. Fucking hell. More I really, I'm really worried about this trend. You know, this whole... We're going to give you half a game and you can buy the rest well, later. How much did Payable 2 cost, though? It's a tenner. Yeah, so at least it's not like, a, like you know, Crimson Dragon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you get you get a lot of game for your buck still. But I'm still really worried. Every time I see that store cart crop up in a game, I'm just a little bit on edge. <laughs> it's like, it's like what, that, the shopping cart in a video game is my horror film. It's like I see it, and all of a sudden I'm tense. And it's oh, like, oh shit, what am I not getting? <laughs> what am I going to have to spend more on? But do you though? Spend more? No, no, I don't exactly. But 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 you, you do kind of help it shake that feeling of what am I missing out on? Yeah, it's like that's what the same thing applies to like COD map packs because they're stupid. They're too expensive. Yeah, so they, they, that doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, if I was. If I played COD more regularly, then I'd probably easily get get the value out of it, um, as I did with the Halo map packs back in the Halo 2 days. Um, I got a shit ton of value out of those. Um, but I don't know. Oh, and they all went free eventually is the thing, so you can't even play that game anymore. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, like the COD stuff just seems a bit too pricey for me, and it's... And there's not much, there's not ever any DLC I feel like I should own. Still, but 
I don't know. The store cart right there at the front on the menu just seems a little naff. It's like the four or five accelerator buttons and the yep. XP boost buttons. It just it's just it's just naff. It feels like they're trying to scam you as opposed to it being like a legitimate yeah, yeah. way of playing the game. Hmm. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, indeed. It's not what right, I sign we, up for um, in a video game. A shopping you, experience. <laughs> Is that it? Is that why? It's just you can't find <laughs> shopping. It's too much like shopping. They put you shopping in my game, goddammit. I don't, I don't know. Buy I don't know. It's, fine. it's fine. Browsing Steam is an okay experience, but... You know, when I, when I launch a game, I don't want to be ha- have to be told like, "Oh, your game could be much better if you also had this thing, which costs money." It's like mm-hmm. I'd, I would rather just like launch the game and go, "All right, how, how do you want to enjoy your next few hours? <laughs> would you rather enjoy it to the full with money, or <laughs> would you rather enjoy a slightly half-assed experience?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, sign me up for the half-assed game. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I guess it's more the feeling it conveys, but I am worried about you know Crimson Dragon and Forza seem to have taken it a bit far. Oh, Rise! I didn't realise it was even in Rise. That yeah. seems really dumb. That's why I was saying like when when I was say, talking about those the first Xbox One games, where it's like it must be a Microsoft mandate, surely? <laughs> all these disparate games mysteriously have basically the same ridiculous microtransactions in them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it is Horizon, mandated. But... I don't think it is. I think everyone, every freaking uh corporate executive in every big video game company has all mandated it to their to their employees yeah but i don't know i can't think of what because i don't think gt6 really has a system like that so like playstation yeah you know i mean playstation 3 as well but this is what i mean i'm not sure i've seen much of that on the sony side if any i can't think of an example there hasn't been very much on PS4 that would need it yet. Or Killzone, maybe. Yeah, map packs for that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I suppose Dust 514 is a bad example. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, a different game. Yeah, play, yeah. But, yeah. Warframe, I guess, also kind of legitimate because yeah. of its free to playness. But... Nah, nah. Blah. Unless all games go free to play, get rid of the fucking store cut. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about Planet Side Two recently. Yeah, just just like, just like feel like playing it. I think. Yeah, I like, nearly did the other yeah. day. But we've got other games we should play along those lines. True. Which we're going to talk about eventually. Should we talk about it now? I don't know. Shall we? I think you should. Like Battlefield Four and stuff. Yeah. Whoop whoop. <laughs> Hero enthusiasm. Yeah. Battlefield Four. Go on, Zach, take us through the campaign. You finished it. Oh, yeah, the campaign. That's the actual... Inter- well, that's the actual mildly entertaining thing to talk about. I was going to say interesting, but it's not really. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, uh, I think I saw, like, a quick look. I can't remember if it was a quick look or if it was some other gameplay. But it just... The story... or I don't know. It just looks so... Ah, uh, like it looked like Call of Duty, but even more insane. Although, although Ghost has gone completely mental with its crazy well, it's invading South Americans, but this was like <laughs> all the Chinese South Americans are... in space. Well, the Chinese <laughs> yeah. are an obvious like. If yeah, it's not obvious. Russians, it's the Chinese. It's not like right. that's. It's not totally fucking crazy. Yeah, it's, it's not unbelievable that no, they're the bad. It's just guys. generic. But it's 
the, I, the main problem with the Battlefield 4 campaign, which I, which I said to Rob, and he kind of agrees, is that, like... I'll tell you what the main problem is, you know, What is the main problem? It's bad. <laughs> but that's, that's sort of what I've been saying, but in a more complicated <laughs> way. Before <laughs> I just get to the punch. <laughs> the main problem with it is that, that you can't tell whether it's intentional or whether it's just really bad writing. That right. It, that you can't, that like... It never really tells you what the fuck's going on. Story. And you can't tell whether it's because it's like it's trying to simulate the fact that you're just a dude taking orders. In which case it does a really good job of that. Yeah, or whether it's just really bad writing. <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing to there's nothing to engage you. There's nothing to make you want to do the things. You're just put into a situation and there's dudes to shoot and you have to get out. And it's like it hangs together by practically nothing. Yeah. There is there's like the ongoing occasional theme of, hey, the black dude wants to save people. Yeah. And will occasionally <laughs> buck orders to do it. And there is like um, the, the, the actual story that links everything together really revolves around the CIA, which is also why it's like, is it good writing that you don't know anything because, <laughs> because it's the CIA? I'm more than, I haven't finished the campaign, but I'm more than halfway through it and I still have no fucking idea what's going on. No, well, you've just got to the bit where like the major twist happens, but then it untwists. But is, but is, it a, is it a twist if I don't know what the fuck it's twisting? <laughs> well, it's like, you, so that woman joins your squad and it's really obvious almost immediately that she's going to be a traitor. Maybe because, because she's the, too awesome. Well, and also because the other guy doesn't like her, which must mean she's obviously going to be a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Black guy doesn't like her, she must be bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then surprise... Spoiler alerts, by the way. Yeah, for, spoilers. For, 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 yeah, for a nonsensical story. <laughs> and then surprise, surprise, she betrays you, but then the bit that happens is just very slightly... Literally... After the bit of the mission that you're in, where you're in the fucking prison for it's some like, reason. Oh, by the way, no, I had to do this to save you kind of thing, is it? Yeah, like, basically. Yeah. It's like you go to the prison and then you you very nearly break out and then she's there waiting for you and then you get knocked down again by the guards. But then she's like, oh, I'm going to shoot the guards now. <laughs> it was the only way. <laughs> so yeah, that was dumb. And she's the CIA, apparently, which is why she's awesome. Which supposedly. is why she's a VIP. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, I guess there is the the other the other guy that you when you go and rescue those VIPs. Yeah, he's still yeah. hanging. They're yeah, that other alone. guy is actually. He just sort of disappears in Act Two. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, it's because you go off to do that airstrip thing, and then you get captured and all that yeah. shit. <laughs> but, but he just like even in during the boats battle stuff, he just sort of disappears. It's like they moved him, and everyone's like, "What?" And then it's never mentioned again. <laughs> but he's just somewhere on the boat. Yeah, he's safe <laughs> somewhere. Well, it's because at that point you don't know why he's important because yeah. he is actually important. He's not just a dude. He's a very, a very important person. <laughs> practically everyone in that game is unlikable. Practically practically everything about the way some of those missions are set is unlikable. Like the whole... Apart from the visuals, it has to be said, the visuals are super nice. Of course they well, are. Well, I, I didn't like the water in some cases and there's some smoke that's really bad. Like when you're going alongside the blown up aircraft carrier, that smoke is pretty terrible. <laughs> I, I, I looked okay to, for me. I didn't notice anything bad with that. It's just like a grey mist that doesn't draw distance correctly. <laughs> oh, it looked look fine for me. Maybe there's a setting or something. I don't know. I'm running it all on just the high default. Well, I'm running it on probably maximum. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Probably. I, if I push it that far, then the frame rate goes below what I like. Yeah. And it's... I don't really notice much frame rates. <laughs> but the, there's like... Just like... But high, I think, is the equivalent of how the PS4 runs it. Yeah. And then the ultra, there's still an ultra. <laughs> yeah. Just just because, you know, PC. And then. But it's like. It's, the one thing that I do like about the way Battlefield makes campaigns is at least they don't have enemy wells. 
That's true. It's like there's a set number of enemies in the vicinity, and then you kill them all, and then you just move on. <laughs> Although COD, uh, I suppose COD has moved away from that idea as well, sort of recently, except from the sections where you're supposed to be running away from stuff. Yeah. Um, they have kind of moved away from that as well because it was just way too obvious back in COD 4. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's but like you have to move past this unspecified barrier and then all of a sudden the enemies will stop spawning and some of them will run away. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a... So it's like that does give Battlefield 4 a very slight opportunity, which they don't really ever properly exploit, but it does give it a very slight opportunity for stealth. So you can, like, take out a few guys before you get spotted. Yeah, then, I, then you know... Stealth in an FPS game, I just generally have a problem with anyway, because it's like, you know, I stab a few guys, I think I'll be really sneaky about it, and then someone will just go, blah, 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 and then everyone's suddenly shooting at you immediately, <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. Well, actually, I, I think the problem with the stealth in Battlefield 4 is sometimes there's too much. It's like, some, I've had, what happens to me is sometimes I'll go into cover, and then the enemies will like lose track of me because my other dudes are shooting them or whatever. And I'll like move up to some other cover, but then the enemies will run past me, and then because then I'm then in full view, and then because they've run past the bit of cover I'm behind, they'll then realise where I am and turn around and start shooting me from the back of my cover, right? Because they don't they move up without knowing that you're there, which kind of sucks. Mm. And the other problem I had with stealth was one time there was a tank that was patrolling, and I was like, I don't want to shoot that with a rocket launcher, but there's this convenient oh, yeah, yeah. C4. So I was like, ah, oh, look, this tank drives over this rickety bridge so I can shove C4 on the bottom of the bridge and then blow it up and that'd be cool. But for some reason, this rickety bridge is completely impervious to C4, so you have to stand next to the rickety bridge and chuck the C4 on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I found that, because that section is at Shanghai with the... Where well, no, not those tanks. Yeah, there's, there's two tanks just pulling around. And they're super dumb tanks. You well, they just much, drive in a circle. You can just dance around them as well and they don't really notice you or shoot at you and you're just like... Just like foop a C4 onto the back. That is sort of realistic. I mean, like tank. I guess the visibility is not great. Yeah, you can't see much out of a tank. But you know, I was just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, um, the problem is, is I, I think I, <laughs> and I think the last time I played a proper sort of tank section like that was back in Crisis, and that was fucking impossible <laughs> yeah. because oh, the yeah. tank had way too much visual, yeah. vis- uh, visual acuity, <laughs> and it was. Uh, and then the other problem with stealth in Battlefield Four is like. Uh, one of the things that happened was that right at the start of the because of the way obviously before anyone sees you you can just sit there and scout and use those stupid binoculars to mark everything on the map so oh that's that's an awkward mechanic by well, the it's way sort of I mean it works it, it makes it's just sense it's just the control for it hold down Q yeah, yeah it's kind of bad not great so especially you if you're in a hurry but then my my problem with the game of the campaign in general is I just use one gun the entire way through. It's like the first DMR you get, yeah. you just one shot headshot everyone. Yeah, it's like been pew, most, pew pew pew. Been mostly the same, and the, the AI is really dumb. Yeah, it has to be said. There's a, a there's one scene in particular I remember during the boat battle where dudes are sort of coming in through the, well, you know a, a sea facing wall I suppose and yeah. just walking into this like little what looks like a hangar I suppose, but I don't know. And it's it's. There's little bits of cover here and there, but you can just sort of be running around right next to them, and they'll still be running in to their predetermined spot and then realise you're there behind you and sort of turn around. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I'm right here, douchebag. <laughs> shut, shut. 
And then there's the other classic problem of because there's because there's a limited number of enemies, like there, there are enemy worlds, and there's always there's always this number of enemies, and you just have to kill them to move on. There'll be cases where you'll like kill everything you can see, but then there'll be one enemy hiding somewhere, and you'll be uh, like, yeah, yeah. you'll think that you're done, and you'll just be running around, but then your AI guys will be shouting in the background like, get him, shoot him, and, <laughs> and you're like, like, who? Where is he? <laughs> There's just one enemy sitting behind cover who never pops up to shoot, so you never hear any bullets. Yeah. <laughs> he just stays there. Yeah, I have that. That's pretty dumb. And so, then there's then there's the hilarious bugs, of which there are some. But one, some, some I've, had, I've only bugs. had one. Uh, the only one that springs to mind for me was there was a crash bug. <laughs> like it, it, it didn't load between levels oh, and just, and just well, booted me. So yeah, I sort of had. Well, I sort of had that. But what how, what was happening on my one is whenever my internet connection dropped, it just kicked me to the menu. Oh, that's nasty. And made me yeah. reload the checkpoint. Yeah, <laughs> which is that's an origin problem more than anything else. Mm. But then the the bug, the main bug that I had was this. There's a video which I'm sure many people have seen. Of a bug where if you climb off a ladder too quickly behind an oh, AI, yes, no. it chucks you off the ladder and you go flying. And so I'd seen this in the YouTube video where he, where it's on the aircraft carrier and he tries to climb this ladder and he pings off the ladder, goes flying off the aircraft carrier, and lands in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> and so the first time that I had that bug happen as well, and it chucked me into the sea, and I was like, well, shit. But then I discovered that the aircraft carrier doesn't actually sit in the sea. It, like, hovers above the sea because you're never meant to see it from below. <laughs> so there's not actually any way to get back onto the aircraft carrier for a start. So that was annoying, but fine. But then the second time this bike happened, it pinged me vertically straight upwards. <laughs> so, so I just went miles in the air, flew, flew back down and died. But because of the stupid checkpointing system, because I'd been stationary for a split second in midair, it checkpointed me in midair. <laughs> So every time I just spawn in midair, fall to my death, spawn in midair, fall to my death. Because for some reason they don't give me a parachute like, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. like normal Battlefield sometimes does. It just gives you parachutes for no reason. So I just kept spawning in midair and falling to my death until I found like there was a very specific like bit of rigging on the boat that you could, that for some reason negated fall damage if you hit it. <laughs> so I was like, quick, I have to glide into this bit of, bit of rigging before I hit the deck. <laughs> That's so funny. Do you manage to get out of it then? Yeah, eventually. <laughs> That's so boring. It's just, yeah, it's not great. I mean, but if you if you want to use it as a sort of tech demo, well, it it's pretty. It's pretty great. I mean, visually, it's lovely. It's just... they they like failed on their vehicle sections again. It's not like oh, yeah. they didn't bother. They didn't even bother trying to put in an aircraft section this time. No, well, that was underwhelming last time. Well, no, just... but they should have done it better. They should have actually had you do a proper dogfight. Yeah, or something. proper aircraft yeah. flying. Even if they just made it skippable or something, I don't know, to just get, be able to get through it if you wanted. Mm. Although on the other hand, they decided not to do their stupid jumping around of characters this time, so it wouldn't have made any sense for your guy to be flying a plane. No. <laughs> but yeah, then the, the, the tank. Well, the tank section was, section totally was un- bad. Uninteresting. Yeah, that whole level was bad. The whole one in the storm. <laughs> Although apparently it sucked for Rob because he, he, for some reason the tank that he got didn't have thermal and my one did. So, yeah, I did. So I, I could I just turn it, on I, thermal and see everything. I and Rob can see shit. I just had a zoom lens. I didn't have a, <laughs> I didn't have thermal vision on mine, and it's like, and that would have helped all because it's like crazy, like dark and rainy, dark and rainy. Yeah, the spray everywhere. Um, smoke lingers for a long time in that game. Yeah, and so if 
Uh, and there was just a tank behind me at one point that just uh, no one had seen and it pretty much immobilized me in one shot and it's like well this is done yep. <laughs> and so I did most of it on foot and then got a there's a sort of a really <laughs> crappy section with a bit of parkland with hills and there's about three tanks around and I didn't have my tank I only had this LAV thing and an LAV versus a tank is a bit of an unfair fight um, we were playing in hard mode so it was really really awkward I spent most of that time just running around the park on foot like remembering that tanks are a bit derpy against guys on foot <laughs> just run up next to them <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so it was, I don't know that whole level was just bad yeah it was kind of creepy so yeah that's the campaign I guess yeah and, and you <laughs> but who buys Battlefield for the campaign <laughs> honestly it's but on the other hand, the market layer doesn't. I'm not liking that that much either, really. Oh, I don't know. Like the, the last session we played, I thought was fine. Yeah, it was okay. That was pretty good fun. I, I had some good runs. There's something about it. I just don't think the weapons feel as good any longer. That's I think they feel the same. I think they feel the game feels it feels exactly the same. <laughs> I to don't me. know. It's something. I don't, the handling of the weapons and like I don't think the sound effects are as good either. Somehow, some of the, the sounds are the same. <laughs> yeah, well, most of them are. Yeah. But I think some of the weapon sounds just don't... And they are, well, the main problem with the multiplayer is just the unlock key. Uh, yeah, the they progression system the unlock is kind of nuts. Kinda nuts. So what, how does it work this time around? Well, they, they they sort of tried to make it, I guess, more legitimate. They're trying to force you to play multiple different classes by like making you play that class in order to unlock, say, a weapon group. Well, no, but because the, what they do is they, they lock... They lock the unlock of a weapon group in a class, but once you have that weapon group, they're much more liberal about which class yeah, to sure. take. Yeah, sure. Every, any class can then use that weapon group. Yeah. But it's, but, you know, it's the fact that it forces you down that tree. Yeah, to but not get very thing. far. Uh, it's normally it's... like the third unlock on the, on the, on the different classes is the well, weapon. Well, yeah, but each class tends to only start with one viable primary. Well, so you have each to, class if... does only start with one gun because, it's because of that unlock system where you have to use a type of gun to unlock more of that type of gun. It's no longer... That's the main problem with it is that they no if you, longer if, yeah, if you put have sh- the gun unlocks in the class tree. If the first gun in that tree is a shitter... Or you just got, don't like it. Or you just don't like it. You've got to put up with it in order to perhaps see if the next one's any better. Yeah. Mm. And it's like... Whereas on the old, because it was just more of a linear gun unlock system. Well, in the old one, the guns were mixed into the class tree. So if you say say you were playing a sniper and you were just in a tank the whole game, you'd still unlock sniper guns because you'd be getting sniper score. Yeah, for being in your sniper kit. But that doesn't happen anymore. No. You have to use the shitty gun. Yeah, so you can't, if you want shotguns, you have to use whatever shotgun you get (laughs) until you get another one. But then, mm. and then the only way really to sort of smooth out a system like that is to make the opening gun pretty good. But then, what stops you from actually needing a progression system at that What's point? What's the point you know, at that like, point? Yeah. yeah. And then they've been much more. And then they've done what is probably microtransactions. Well, it takes a while to get gun attachments. Which, yeah. It takes too long to get gun attachments. Well, I don't think necessarily the. Well, to get some useful. A useful one. Like the well, first think, one takes ages. I think the trouble is that, like. It probably doesn't take longer to get the attachments. Like, the number of kills to get an attachment per gun is probably not actually higher. You just start with none. Yeah. It doesn't even give you a selection to start with any longer. You just get, like, here's iron sights. <laughs> Go out there and shoot things until you get I usually, I usually felt... I, th- I think it had, was a shorter route to get to something like, you know, like an ACOG or something, was, or, or a reflex sight tended to be one of the first ones. Well, yeah. For, and it's for for most of the guns, but I in that feels that even that feels like a longer distance. But then you've got the other like, oh, you still have the multiple attachment system and the multiple. Um, 
I don't know. For me, actually, the fact is more that they just ballsed up the. They, you still can't modify your soldier during the end of round time. It's like, <laughs> so what, so what am I going to do with this thirty seconds other than sit here and go? Look at the some stats. numbers went up. It's like I, I, problem, I could use this time, but kitting out my soldier with that fancy stuff I just got. I mean, the problem with the weapon attachments is you don't get. It's all on the battle packs now, which is obviously a microtransaction thing because they're bastards. It's like you get they're doing the Mass Effect thing for each gun. You get like. Where every 10 kills or whatever you get one of the attachments but you only get like 11 out of the probably 30 attachments and then the other 20 are, are like unlocked via battle packs which is their stupid you get battle packs by leveling up basically at every few ranks you get a free battle pack but I reckon if you go and look at the store page you can you, probably you can buy, buy them. them you can buy them same with boot, like the stuff from the battle packs I think you can just buy them if you want them yeah it's really annoying because it's like you're not even going to get any of the most not, of the attachments. I'm wondering if it's actually possible to get all of the attachments just from ranking up. Well, I think it might be if you do because when you look at the attachment unlock tree for a single weapon, you get like the eleven attachments that, that you get from just getting kills, and it's like two hundred kills for the last of those. Mm. But then, like for every fifty kills after that, you get a weapon specific battle pack, which I assume will give you the other attachments but the question is whether those battle packs are random as well because mm. if you if you just get this I don't think it would make you get the same thing twice because I don't think it has the capability to do that I yeah. don't think it can no no I don't think you can get duplicates no so presumably if you get all of those because different weapons have different numbers and judging by how many battle packs there are compared to how many attachments there are it looks like it's probably about the right amount of weapon-specific yeah, okay. battle packs for the number of additional attachments. But still, that's a fucking long way to go to get those, because it's like 200 kills with one specific weapon, hmm. and then another 50 for each of those battle packs. Yeah. So yeah, kind of annoying. Well, it's EA continuing their recent streak of experimenting with this stuff, I guess. This one, I think, is a lot more acceptable, perhaps, than some of the stuff they've tried to pull. I don't know. It doesn't feel quite so. It doesn't feel so bad. Maybe it's a bit unnecessary, though. Just in general, right? The well, the whole the complexity the whole... of the progression system is unnecessary. Well, is, I, I think my other problem with it is that now that they've se- now because now that they've separated all the guns into their own tree and it's no longer related to the kit, that also screws up. Like there's an entire fucking there's an entire fucking unlock tree for pistols, and you only get points for that if you do things with pistols. <laughs> so it's like, how are you ever going to unlock these fucking 20 pistols when all you get from score on that tree is by shooting things with pistols? <laughs> you know, I haven't... Do, do they still have the co-op? No, stuff? there's no co-op mode. Because ah, so I hadn't heard anything about that. It'd be, it would have. I was kind of interested to see what they could have done with that, because it wasn't terrible no. in the last one it wasn't great and there were there were just the odd moment where it completely broke I suppose <laughs> and it was fucking impossible in some cases yeah it would have been interesting to see if they could have carried that on but given I don't know based on the strength of the campaign they probably couldn't <laughs> on the plus side the things that are in Battlefield 4 that are actually good <laughs> They put in the test range, which is actually a good idea, thank God. The test range is fun, because um, I got out your joystick, Dan, to oh, try, yeah. and, try and learn to fly and play in, in both helicopters, because I sucked in helicopters before, and I think I'm slightly better at it with the joystick. Okay. Um, I'm still not very good, but no. uh, slightly better. 
Uh, flying planes is taking some getting used to with the stick. For some reason, I found I find the joypad for that just easier. Mm-hmm. But and I had some real problems with getting Battlefield not to show the stupid battle log menu upon pressing one of the buttons on the joystick that I had assigned to Afterburner. Um, yeah, that's no good. Weird. Yeah, so I've basically just not assigned anything to that button, and now nothing happens if I push it. But if I assign something to that button, then the battle log appears. <laughs> so it's kind of there's something a bit fucked going on there. But but yeah, so the test range is just like an off-island yeah, where you can just use all of the weapons and vehicles. Yeah, you can well, just... I don't know about all the weapons. I couldn't find if it does spawn all of the weapons. It spawns like all the sniper rifles and then like some of the rocket launchers. Right. But I couldn't see if it has spawned like all the assault guns or whatever. Sure. I just like it because, as I say, for the flying a plane and flying a helicopter is definitely a skill you have to learn. Well, and, and, like, and, and finally it's something that will inevitably with. piss everyone off if you do it badly in a multiplayer game. Yeah. <laughs> if you just take the plane and crash. Well, I, I, I did do that quite a few times. I think the planes do feel a little different this time. Hmm. At least, or maybe the joystick is just making me think that. They don't feel quite as responsive to mm-hmm. me as they did before. But Maybe that is um, the joystick. I don't know. That one's... Maybe. I tried setting the sensitivity up and stuff, and I'm using all of its axes and stuff yeah. like that all the time. I always have to reduce dead zone to like absolute minimum I can get before, you know, there's noise on it. And it yeah, starts. I don't know if I don't know if there is a dead zone option in the in the in the battlefield options. I'll have a look because if the dead zone is normally large on that thing, maybe I should have a tweak. Um, yeah, but that's useful. It feels cool having a big stick in front of you and doing that stuff and then pulling a fucking trigger. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that trigger's pretty good as well on that it's this Cytec type thing. Yeah, Cytec Evo, isn't it, or something? Yeah. They still make joysticks like that. I don't know if they do. Oh, there aren't, Cytec, I mean, yeah, I think they still do. They're yeah. still in that industry. Although they were talking about some other brands, weren't they, like as being the go-tos on the Bombcast this week. Mm. Oh, that was stuff we did talk about. The No Man's Sky fine. thing. And from the VGX. That. That, that oh, yeah. Cool. That's, it's like another one of those ridiculous games that never going to actually be as good as people say it's going to be. No. It's <laughs> one of those games that's got so much potential, but knowing that it's being made by four people, yeah, probably not going to live up to any of its hype. But... No. I saw a, um, a preview of something that I thought probably wasn't going to be as good as it, you know, as Tales it was from seen, the Borderlands. But it actually looks awesome. Is Elite Dangerous? There's a um, Elite, like the new actual, an actual award. Yeah, by David Robin. You know, he's making it in Cambridge, and I thought, "Mm." but actually, it looks pretty cool. And they they they're talking about the they're doing a like a closed beta of the combat part, and that's Mm. the part that they showed to uh, Craig from Rock Paper Shotgun. Mm. And like, it sounded pretty cool. Like they, um, I mean, just this one thing. Uh, there's one tiny detail that that um, he was talking about, which uh, which is like um, when you're doing the kind of space combat, which is just as far as I could tell, it's just like I mean I don't really understand because Craig was kind of reporting or the guy was re- reporting on on like a um, classic uh, X-wing style move your energy between your shields, your weapons, and your engines as if that was sure. a new thing. Which was a bit weird because that's been around forever, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure it's really been done since the Wing Commander games. Well, Wing Commander had it, X Wing had it, yeah. and Free Space had it, right? They all had that same system, right? So it seems weird to talk about it. As uh, if it's yeah, the reason why innovation. I say Wing Commander, I think like Wing Commander was the last series to have been going that had that in it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, so it has that, but more importantly, it have, has this thing 
to do with the momentum of your ship and stuff that where there's a little white line apparently appears on the throttle display to show you the optimum speed to outturn the person you're you're dogfighting with that you've got selected ah, so that sounds like it like could re- really make the dogfighting quite a lot more fun because i used to sort of try and slow down and slide around and then you know and then oh what, do, do, do that drifty thing yeah to try and cut cut inside so that you could get your uh hmm. your uh well you so, so that you could get your guns trained on them uh rather than going around and around each other in circles or whatever <laughs> which tended to happen but uh if, if they've actually got that built in as a mechanic that sounds cool and 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 they're talking about having like every star in like the local group of like like the you know accurately mapped so they're exactly the same oh, as wow. in the real okay. so if you go to the the earth if you go elite. to the soul system and then you look out you see all the stars in the right places in the sky etc to say that's not very elite elite was all about the procedural well it is procedural i think quite a lot of it um although i'm not sure the exact extent of the proceduralness because i mean i don't know how much you can do that these days without it you know looking weird but uh but well, it, and, you it, know it's massive sense, anyway. it, you know it generated the galaxy it generated the traits of the planets and what merchandise and stuff they sell so every time you went into it it would be in a new game it would be a sort of different you'd probably have to go at things differently because of where stuff was uh like, yeah oh, today i probably need to deal in slaves yeah oh no slave time man i yeah. used to love elite when i was so, a kid and impressionable and didn't need to think too much <laughs> you had to think quite a lot about that relatively speaking. i wasn't smart enough to <laughs> When I was playing Elite, but so yeah, that looked really good. That's, so that, yeah, that's a, it. it's, it's interesting you brought that because I did think I did think of Elite and, like as No Man's Sky was being discreet, described, described. Well, it's, it's when uh, they flew up from the planet out into space, and it's like, well, how many times does people want? Well, to I didn't do even that? need that. It's just the, the sort of like going between planets, like having an adventure. The fact that you know you can uh, lose as much as you gain as you go through, and it's the persistence of it sounds. Kind of, kind of interesting, but the sort of, uh, I don't know. I guess modern me needs more of a goal, <laughs> as I've discussed before. It's like, mm. what, what is the goal of those games going to be, other than just keep going until you die? Well, it's all going to be about upgrading your ship and stuff, isn't it? And like getting yeah. all the different craziness. I guess that's why I don't know. I didn't really get into the. Well, neither of us really got into the freelancers, like out of game stuff. Partly because there wasn't actually much variation in the content but well zach got really into it you did all the crazy trading and shit didn't you when it was all offline as well well not that much i mean it was just like it was a way to make money but it was just like it was the trouble freelancer was that if you were playing the single player thing you Mm. couldn't do most of it until after the end of the game and then it felt pointless because you (laughs) finished the game but that's what i mean yeah but then in multiplayer it was like well, you could do that, but then you'd have to find a multiplayer server, and that was a big old hassle in freelance because it was yeah. all like locked into the, like the, your character created on this server, and then you had to start yeah. over, and, and then those people who would just come and kill you, of yeah. course, because it's multiplayer. But it was, I don't know, but, but you kind of hit the nail there in what I was trying to get at that when the story of that finished, the, the game kind of felt empty. Well, it was more because, like, what there was to do in Freelancer never changed for the entirety of the story. And by the time you're done with the story, it's like, Jesus Christ, I'm done doing these four types of mission. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. 
and knowing the people that do. Because I mean, the, when, the, the like the post game stuff that you do in freelancer, when it's like when you when those bits of the bits where you're actually exploring new stuff. And that's actually interesting, man. Like, well, where it's like, oh, look, this this system is a neutron star, which means you're just taking hull damage all the time because of the radiation. Mm. <laughs> so you better fly for it real quick, and all that kind of stuff. It's like when it's actually new, interesting things to see. That is kind of interesting. There's only yeah. so much of that. That was kind of cool, though. I, I mean, it was cool seeing the kind of edges of the crazy systems that they came out with for freelance that you wouldn't have seen in the story, even yeah. if there was no point really. It was still kind of cool. Anyway, Battlefield. Yeah, anyway. Uh, it's probably all right. Yeah, I'm sort of with you in that I'm still a bit juries out on how I feel about it. I don't feel like I'm unlocking stuff fast enough. That's my main problem. Well, yeah, that's why I sort of... Like, I wouldn't mind the unlock trees if I was getting a little bit faster, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not so... I'm not super keen on the map design. I'm not sure I ever am with Battlefield well, I, my, games, but... I said this to Rob as well, but my actual problem with a lot of the map design is there's a lot of verticality in them, and that doesn't actually work for stereo. <laughs> it just sounds like everything is next to you when it's actually above you. <laughs> yeah. So you'll hear people running around. It's like, is that person about to come around the corner and kill me, or is that the guy on the floor below? Because <laughs> I can't hear it coming from the staircase or that kind of stuff. Hmm. Buildings collapse real nice in multiplayer now, though. Well, not not just the building that everyone knows collapses, but like an, an entire villages can. Well, get the leveled. trouble the trouble with that is that they kind of run into this. Well, I don't say they've run into. They've kind of made the same mistake that they made in Battlefield Three for the buildings that collapse. It's like now more buildings collapse, and they collapse more realistically and in, in cooler ways. But the trouble is that I guess then you the, get left with a shitter battlefield as a problem. Well, <laughs> the problem with it is that all that every everyone does is like. Oh look, the defenders are holed up in that building. Well, let's just shoot anti-tank rockets at it until it falls down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not—it's not a viable battlefield tactic in real life. That just waste ammo shooting at a structure until it falls over. Mm. It'd be cool. I mean, it'd be legitimate if it was like you went up and planted C four on the building, like if you targeted structural weak points to make it fall down. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, perhaps there's a balance to be had. I mean, it, it, it perhaps it sort of makes sense in some of the older looking buildings, like that level with the in China with the villagers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because when when you're in the building and that thing suddenly starts to give way, well, that's, that's, that feels really cool. That is the other thing that they did that is actually better about that system is that like when the building starts collapsing, it's it's actually a thing that takes time. So yeah. You don't just instantly die. Bit, bits start. Bit, yeah, bits start. <laughs> it's like to the screen shakes like crazy, and you can hear it creaking, and then it's like, oh, I'm fuck, I better get out of here. Yeah, it is cool. That stuff. I, I think it's it, and it look it looks good when it happens. It's not like the prefabbed bits of wall that can disappear and stuff like that. The build when the building falls apart, yeah, it sort of does collapse with physics. Well, and stuff. it does collapse into a into a predefined heap model. Oh, is it? Is it still there? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, I hadn't noticed that yet because it definitely did that with like a few buildings in yeah. three, didn't it? Like the petrol stations always fell apart in the same way. Yeah. And, yeah, I haven't really noticed that. We well, haven't played the levels enough to see it, I guess. No. But yeah, it's all, it's all right. It, yeah, it definitely feels more right. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just generally not sure about the map design. I think, I don't know if it's just a modern Battlefield problem, but even in like the old 1942 game, 1942, is it? 1941. <laughs> 1942, yeah. 1942, yeah. Uh, in 1942, it felt like you know, even the open maps 
seemed less open than they do in Battlefield 4. I don't know, maybe I just don't like, because like, the gaps between things well, seem maybe, enormous at times. Maybe it's just because... It's like, and I'm a dude running across a field. It's like, I'm going to get shot. Well, maybe it's just because graphics are better and everyone can see you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just not not so sure that works all of the time. Well, that's the other. Oh, I don't know. I don't know really how you do it. Definitely, other than well, there's a big field between me that I'm just going to stay here and have a boring game. <laughs> well, it's, it's like that's sort of the problem with the buildings collapsing because it's like there comes a point where you have to leave, and then you're like, all the buildings around here are destroyed. So what cover is there? Nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to have to run across the open to that other village over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I still have the sort of similar foibles about the vehicles, I think, that we always always have had. I haven't really used the vehicles. Uh, I don't know. I'd <laughs> stay away from them. I haven't worked out how to what the key to successor of them is. The one time I got in a tank, and, there was and, two tanks, and then I died. Well, yeah, that, that happens a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I haven't quite worked out what the key to success is. I'm constantly getting forward by dudes of C4. Um, well, naturally. But but then when I'm the dude with C4 or with some means of destroying the tank, the tank just sees me immediately and kills me. It's like, how do you do that? Well, maybe they have proximity scan. Ah, it's really not good. Then you have to unlock. Naturally. But then, but then proximity scan doesn't make a noise at noise all the time and you're like as a tank you're probably looking into the far distance to try and see just, tiny targets it depends how often you're looking at the minimap depends uh, how much of a guy you are for looking at the minimap by the time you've spotted someone on the minimap there's probably C4 on you is the thing well I shouted that there was a dude C4 on you and he'd only planted one by the time I said it one's enough <laughs> well not not really that was only I don't know how many you actually got on there yeah. before you blew up because <laughs> I saw him pretty much as you said it and it was like really I don't know. I think one's enough in multiplayer now. Depends where you put it, probably. Yeah. Probably got it on the rear easily. I don't know. But so, yeah, jury's out on, on it at the moment, I think. It could be a grower. I had some, I've had some, we had some real fun games yesterday. So. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It was almost fun, that one where everyone left and it was that stupid, like, me on a team of five versus a team of ten just trying to, like, find a sneaky gap. Picking them off from afar with a support gun. <laughs> I don't know if that was fun. That was fun for me. <laughs> we weren't going to win, but it was fun. Stupid fun. Uh, yeah, sounds about Phil 4. Zach, cool. do you want to lead with it? Because I've been sort of talking a lot the last few episodes, and I've been talking a lot this episode. <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty of stuff to talk about, I guess. Cool, go for it. But first, it's time for the return of everyone's favourite section of this podcast. The Pokemon section? Nope. What I haven't been playing. Hooray! <laughs> Starbound? No, because what I haven't been playing is, like, midway through last week, I finally came to a realisation that all I was doing at Animal Crossing was turning it on and then doing 30 minutes of maintenance and then turning it off. And I was like... There wasn't, Why? There wasn't really anything else to do. It's like I'd unlocked all the major town shops and, like, upgrades and stuff. And so, like, the only things left to do was, like, completing the collections, of course. Like, all the furniture and the bugs and the fish and all that lot. Yeah. But, like, completing the collections doesn't actually get you anything in this game. <laughs> Unlike previous games. Because it used to be, like, you know, you'd get those the weird, like, NES games that they had shoved in Animal Crossing and all that stuff. And now, because now it's like, well, if you cl- if you complete the bug collection and catch all the bugs, you get a golden net, which makes you better at catching bugs. <laughs> That's kind of pointless. Yeah. So it's like, well, 
I guess fuck that. So, so like at that point, I was just I had that realization. That I was just like, this is like how I was playing Worm. <laughs> so like basically, oh, yeah. I'm doing the same thing. I'm just logging in, doing the maintenance, and then turning it off again. And then, I, but then because it's a 3DS game, I was like, well, I'm never going to escape this unless I just delete the entire thing. So I did. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, fuck this. Wow. Destroy the entire file because it was a download as well. So it was like, delete the entire thing off my system. <laughs> that's that's well, the whole game. Yep. Holy shit. So you would. <laughs> that's quite extreme. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's no fine. more Animal Crossing. Well, it's, it's, it's also because you don't. In Animal Crossing, it's like you don't want guilt. It's like if you still <laughs> had your safe file and then you came back like six months later and your town was all shitty. <laughs> that is the problem with that game because I kind of wanted to be able to just freeze it in time and sort of like come yeah, back at a day to see exactly. this, this is what I achieved at this place yeah but you can't if you leave for any period of time your town just becomes crap <laughs> so I just destroyed it used <laughs> <laughs> to the place Man. so that's not on there any longer but on the plus side that freed up some space because my SD card was completely full <laughs> so I was like oh now I've got space I can download a demo of Sonic Lost Worlds <laughs> and play that and even though it's only a one level demo which is really weak oh sure how much Sonic game could you really give away without giving away a large percentage well, at least two levels I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> there's no variety you don't get to see different things because the thing is the first level is just like a regular level and the second level is one of those like it's a runner. speed levels yeah. or whatever the fuck they call them now yeah but you don't get the second level so you don't get to see that <laughs> you only get the first level so I played that and it's not as bad as I thought it would be from what everyone was saying about how terrible it feels. It's like, it's completely weird. It's, it's, it is very different, isn't it? <laughs> Takes a bit of getting used to Well, I don't know what the 3DS version feels like compared to the Wii U oh, one. Well, but, yeah. Probably not much different. But it's like, it's very weird to play. So it's just like, you have to get used to the, the, the weird mechanic. Like, you have to be much more careful about what you're pushing and when. There's a bit more, you have to take a bit more care to make sure you're not actually just jumping at the wrong moment and totally fucking yourself. Mm. But it's more of a platformer, isn't it? Yeah. Weirdly. Yeah. For a Sonic game. <laughs> Which is why you move so slow. Mm. But then then there's some bits of it which are... Well, the voice is terrible. I don't know who they're having to do Sonic's voice now, but it's not... Wait, it doesn't probably... seem like it's the same guy because he sounds really numbers? weird now. They've replaced Sonic again? <laughs> Seems like it. Huh. Either that or it's just a bad day at the office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just phoning in. Because <laughs> he has, he has like, I don't know, he just doesn't, I don't know, it's like he sounds I'm less gonna... cheesy than normal. <laughs> I'm going to get some rings now. <laughs> yeah. He's not like, he's less like, yeah, and more like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's getting bored of this shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Sonic's sort of tired of this crap now. And then the other problem with the 3DS version... I need version, to go save Robotnik. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that is new. Yeah, that would be. That does technically happen in some of the Sonic games, I guess. Yeah. But then the other trouble with the 3DS version is, dear God, they did a really bad job of compressing the videos. Hmm. It's like 320 by 240 video files that are just insanely yeah. pixelated. That could just be part of the demo, surely. I don't know about that. Hmm. That looks like a we had to cram it onto a 3DS size cart type of concession. That can't be a problem, surely. It's like even the Sega intro is super pixelated. But there's been... 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I find that one hard to believe because there have been games on 3DS with a relatively large quantity of video, like the Layton series, I guess, but then they don't really have much game size to worry about. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> There's not much level design in the Layton. I guess not. But... So, yeah, that seems weird, but, you know, it's a demo. There's not much to see, and I, it's probably not worth buying until it gets cheap. Which, luckily, because it's a Sega game, it might do. <laughs> yeah, Sega pretty good at that stuff, aren't they? Just like how I got Sonic Generations for cheap. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, Sonic also will probably get cheap. So I can get that as well. I'd be equally annoyed about it. <laughs> I played some more Generations. I still I still really want to try well, on the 3DS. Yeah, on the 3DS. Yeah. And I, I like some of it slightly more now. Once, because, because you know the level? Yeah, once I started actually running through the same level over and over, and I was like, oh, now I can actually see a better route. I can actually get, I can actually do this and not have it be a really shitty platform experience. Because hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going the fast route. So it's the, so it still satisfies that Sonic thing of like bettering your route is still. Sort of, but I just think, it, I think the routes in this game are just like not as. Not as interesting. Not as, well, not as. Or, not, or are they as demanding or. It's like they're more awkward to get into and like follow right. correctly. It's just like it doesn't feel like like you can transition smoothly to them. You have to do like dodgy things, or it's just like oh, if I, there's there's one bit in particular where like you're running up a vertical wall, and then at the top of the vertical wall, there's like a a smooth curve where you run up it, and then you're onto the flat bit. Sure, but to go another route, you have to like jump midway along the curve, so you fly off at a forty five degree angle to land on a higher platform. Yeah. And that's just like oh weird. That's not a good mechanic at all. <laughs> no, that isn't. Man, I <laughs> yeah, that, I'm not sure I even really thought of doing. Well, that. I mean, yeah. it's fairly obvious in that okay. case where you can actually see the other platform. <laughs> okay, it's like that's obviously how you get up there. But yeah, it's like so that's and because surely that introduces like quite a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And that you know, in your timing has to be really. Yeah, it's like very precise timing, and then there's other bits where it's like that's you, ha- pretty awkward. you have to boost in midair because. You, you, it took me a while to even sort of not really realize but remember that like it's weird because if you're if you've just gone off a ramp and you're holding down the boost as you inevitably are yeah you just travel through the air at a certain speed yeah but if you're flying through the air and you haven't been boosting when you hit the boost that does actually propel you forward even in the, in midair so you can actually like cover yeah. larger distances if you're falling off something and then boost, which is how you get into certain routes. Like there's one where you come off like a ramp and there's some of those rings that propel you in midair. Oh sure. But they're like in midair over the arc of your jump. So you have to like boost and catch them on the way past. Oh, would that be something that would normally be reserved for like the trick system? Well, yeah, if it had a trick system, yeah. which it don't. <laughs> which is why, why does it not? That's the classic DS trick system doesn't feature in this game. And that's wh- that's why this game sucks because it's not those other DS games. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was ever hundred percent sure if I really liked the trick system, at least in the way it was like oh, I have to mash all the time. Well, that part of the trick system yeah. was Ooh, dumb. Yay. The, the score point scoring set. But like the up, down, left, right manoeuvring trick system yeah, yeah, was yeah, the that, best that, bit. That, that was fine. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. So you have to be mindful to like not be boosting then when you're going through those ring things and then... Well, and then and then activate the boost again, or can you just let off? Yeah, that's. I still haven't really again. worked that out. It's like because you're flying through midair, there's no scenery around you, so you can't actually tell how fast you're going. Mm. So I can't tell whether reboosting gives you like a little shunt forwards or something. I'll have to try it on a on a level with more of a more scenery going on, just to, just to see what it looks like. I don't know. It's just like that's just a. 
it's these weirdly awkward mechanics to get into the better routes, whereas if they just put the trick system in it, because <laughs> yeah. then you can just go up at that maneuver, yeah, or sideways and then go into those rings or whatever. Hmm. So yeah, god damn it, go back to making good DS Sonics. <laughs> We're not going to though. Who knows what Sonic will come out next? Yeah, I wonder what happened because Dimps for a while looked like they would be the saviors of Sonic. Yeah, and then something happened. Yeah. And then also on 3DS, I played some more Pokemon, sort of. Not as much as I had been. I still haven't got the shiny, so there's still that going on. <laughs> I'm about three quarters unlucky at the moment. <laughs> 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 haven't quite reached the point of being actually unlucky. So, so yeah, what's been... next? Just keep trying. Yeah, still got a while to go until I'll be like, fuck this. <laughs> And there's other stuff that I still haven't done in Pokemon. You know, there's still bits and pieces to do while I'm breeding and hatching eggs and all that crap. Get some more Pokemon. That's maybe, what sort of thing is know. left then? Well, I still haven't actually tried to complete more of the Pokedex. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I could just like level up and evolve. And then there's there's like the Battle Institute stuff where it's like you have to score by forming good teams and then you know, doing well. <laughs> I know, you have to battle and then battle and then you win. <laughs> There's a lot of battles to do, basically. Pokemon. Yep, that's it. So that's that's that. That's basically 3DS, I guess. Pokemon. Because I still haven't played Mario Luigi at the end of that. I stopped playing that. He just kind of been back. Yeah. <laughs> but now Animal Crossing's gone, maybe I'll... <laughs> Maybe I'll have more time for my 3DS. Because the 3DS is the portable thing. Not I'm ever going portable, really. But it's nice to be able to play it in places that isn't directly in front of my computer. <laughs> go and sit in a different chair. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you, is that what you do? Just go elsewhere in the house and sit in a chair? Yeah. And... It's, like, it's like this chair is slightly more comfortable than my desk chair. I think I need a new desk chair is my main problem. Okay. But then again, I'm like... If I got a new desk chair, it might be too comfortable. <laughs> I might just want to stay there more than I already do. Mm. How long, how and how much time I, do you think you spend sitting in that particular chair, like on average per, like, <laughs> I don't know, week? About 50 wafts. <laughs> a waft is not a unit of time. Yeah, well, not that kind of waft. <laughs> you know, I know exactly what you're talking about, but let's not. <laughs> you can measure time spent sitting on chairs in wafts, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, and the other problem with my desk though. chair is I have a very specific requirement for a desk chair to do with... Because my... Maybe I should just get a new desk as well, but my desk is one which has drawers on each side and then a hole in the middle right? where yeah. your legs go. But that is a very small gap. Right. <laughs> yeah, so with like... a chair like Rob's that I'm sitting in here, this would not fit, and I wouldn't be able to get close enough to the desk in order to be able to... <laughs> oh, well, because of the arms. Because of the arms and the white width of the... You can take the arms off. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've taken the arms off my one, but it's mm. one of those, like, oval-shaped chairs, so it's oh, not sure. as sharp-edged, yeah. so it fits into that hole. <laughs> I mean, I would I would like a bit more space under my desk. I, if, like, if... Perhaps I rearranged under here. I could move my computer to a more logical location, but then some cables won't reach. Yeah, your problem is cables, mainly. Yeah. There's a lot of them. We, we need to wait for Wyagedon. Yeah, exactly. Then... My entire uh, search for a, a, a room in London was entirely predicated on, can I fit my massive desk that has space <laughs> under it for my legs into oh, the makes room? Per- makes perfect sense. Yeah, Because yeah. like, I like having a corner happens. for some reason. I don't know why. 
Um, but when Wiregarden happens, can you just move your PC like anywhere? Yeah, exactly. It's still connected. Keep it under your bed. I'll have loads of space there. Yeah. Jeez. You can put it back in its box and then it will still work. <laughs> Although it'll probably overheat. Yeah, so, so would you still have overheating worries during yeah, Wiregarden? Probably. <laughs> Unless Wiregarden applies even to like the physical connections between the C- G- like GPU and the motherboard. So oh, you well, can just take it out and put it somewhere. It's <laughs> take the CPU out. <laughs> Throw it out the window and hope it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Shove the motherboard in a cupboard somewhere. But it just put everything in safes. Just place it on top of an egg, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and be like cooling. So yeah, that was 3ds man. Could, what else? It, if you could, if you can have oh, something like this, it's amazing. Yeah, keep going. If you can have something like this, could could would we then like solve like some of the energy crisis because like systems that could generate heat like your television well maybe not your television you actually need to see that <laughs> but, you know, like computers and things um like an xbox or things like that you just put them all in one device that's like a hot box and like gets all, gets all <laughs> the heat <laughs> no but no but then you pipe the heat into like your oven or your Arga, or something like that. But that's how I like, keep my room on at the moment. It becomes, well, yeah. <laughs> my computer is my radiator. But it becomes like your... Like, because you can put them all in this one container, not have to worry about cable, cables or anything, you can put them all in this box and then extract the heat to use for other things. You wouldn't, and, then, and then it would also mean that they wouldn't, over, wouldn't heat up your room like in the summer. No, I wouldn't. Well, true. That's a good thing. And not heating up my room in summer is nice. Yeah, exactly. And my TV does all the heating in here for the the living room. So, yeah. That was 3DS Land. What else did I play? Um, Yeah, I've already forgotten. It was other stuff. I mean, there's Star Land, obviously, but I wanted to talk about that last. And I know there's another thing. Fuck it. Shit. Well, there's Star Land. You played FIFA with us again. Well, yeah, there's that. We played more FIFA and we continued to suck. It's so hard. I think playing as a coordinated team of humans is really bad. Yep. I mean, I played, I, I got me out, I played some more. The one thing I did sort of dip into in the last couple of weeks was a tiny bit more of the ultimate team mode. Yeah. It's quite Moorish. <laughs> it's, I, there's a lot of systems at play there, some of which I didn't, didn't reveal themselves straight away. Like, you can only use cards so many times right. before they run out of contract, and then you have to use a card to extend their contract so you can use them again. And right. systems like that, and it's—I don't know—I'm I'm, going to just come out and say it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I find myself sort of into it. Like when I—I sort of picked up and played it, thinking, "Oh, I'll just have a quick. This will be all right. We'll just play a couple of matches, you know." Sort of into it. A few hours later, I'm still going, and I just don't want to put the controller down. I'm, then, so, I'm as surprised as you are. And then the actual football part still fucking possible. I've been doing all right, I think, mm. and that's kind of where I was going, where this thought came from. And that I think in single player it's somewhat easier because I don't know, maybe perhaps you can rely on the AI to sort themselves out. Well, yeah, that's why I yeah. kept saying when we were playing, like you have to keep switching. You have mm. to, you can't just have just, the... just. But perhaps if we're not in control of anyone and we just swap to someone that's irrelevant to the play, well, no, it's all right. It's like you have to. Either you have to remember what player you're controlling, or you have to let relinquish control and let them go back to their position. Because mm. like when when Jamjar was playing. She'd just have the striker running the entire length of the pitch over and over because she'd never switch. never switched, yeah, and that's why they got so tired. <laughs> it's like, that's not... You actually have to let them go sometimes. Yeah, and I think the game does allow you, and I haven't quite got my head around this yet, where you can just let off the stick and let the player sort of... Sometimes they'll sort of do their own thing, but oh, not right. all the time. Sometimes they'll just stand there. <laughs> right. Like, there are, there are ways you can sort of use that. I think, like, if your player's 
if it's swapped to you out as a result of an interception or something. Oh, right, you don't have to take control immediately. Not immediately. But then no, the trouble is, inevitably, you're already pushing something with that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> There's, there, are, there are times like that where the game will sort of assist you, um, provided you're playing with the sort of medium level of assist turned on, because you can make everything totally manual. Yeah. Um, including, like, aim for pass and thing, passes and things like that, which sounds bonkers. Um, I don't know, yeah. Pretty good game. <laughs> I just wish the menus were faster. Yeah, um, I'm actually getting to grips with some of the, some of the stuff they do in the menus is actually I, I can be less harsh on them now because some of the stuff they do in the menus is actually kind of cool. Like the live tile stuff they do in places <laughs> is kind of neat. Like so, when you're in a season in Ultimate Teams, like the button the buttons in the home screen will change to reflect what's going on in your season and show a graphic representing where you're at and stuff like that. And that's kind of cool. It's like a little window into what you're doing. Right. And you click the button to go to it. And it's like, when it's doing that stuff well, it's it's pretty neat. I still don't like the right stick shit, though. Like, we have to scroll between stuff on a tile. That's kind of dodgy. But when when they're doing the info, as I say, the live tile idea right, it's pretty cool. Hmm. It's good to hear somebody can get it, get it right. <laughs> it will partially... It's 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 it's, it's, it's as useful right. as it is bad that menu. But. Right. Okay. So after that delaying the way we talked about FIFA, I could remember anything else that I played. So I guess we will talk about Star Mail because it finally okay. came out in Visa at last. Yeah. I, I'm desperate for a beverage. You guys carry on. Fuck <laughs> <Like> you then. <laughs> you might want to take your headphones off before you walk away from the computer. Maybe. <laughs> okay. So, That's Terraria that. in space from yeah, one of the guys from Terraria who's got an art style that like looks the same as Terraria. Not really. Terraria looked like Final Fantasy VI. Okay. Because <laughs> it was a total rip-off. And this looks better. Cool. Cool. That's a good start. It's like higher res. <laughs> Only still big laugh, obviously. But yeah, so it's, I finally came out in Vita and then uh, we played it a lot, I guess. And what I think... Did you? Well, did Rob play? Me and then like some IRC people. Okay. And surprisingly, Rick, Rick as well. Really? Right. Yeah. Well, well, I didn't actually play with Rick yet, but Rick has been playing it. A lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, you did see that. Don't know what you were saying, really. Mm. But uh, it's like, well, obviously, it's like super early beta or whatever. Even though this beta has taken literally forever to come out, yeah, and it's come out at like the last possible moment it could possibly come out in and still hit their 2013 goal, <laughs> right? Okay, and the so whole game just... was meant to come out in 2013 at one point, but that's you know, fuck knows when it's going to come out at this point. So yeah, it finally came out, and then it's like obviously it's not got that much in it at the moment, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of hard to determine. There's a lot of the like the problems I have with it are to do with like balance and progression, and there's no way of telling whether that's whether that's anywhere close to how it's actually going to be because there's like a lot of the stuff right. just isn't there at the moment. Like at the moment, it's it's basically they split it into tiers, and uh, in okay. the end, there's going to be like ten tiers, and then the idea is like each tier ends with a boss. So you, you, you use the special item that you create in that tier that summons the boss and then you fight the boss and then that unlocks the ability to go up a tier. Mm-hmm. So And then obviously each tier is is sort of linked to a, a, a tier of like weapons and armor and materials, basically. So it's like obviously the lowest tier is like copper and iron and, 
and then you go mm. up to tier two where it's like steel. <laughs> so the yeah. planet's sort of organised by the tiers, and like you'll find useful stuff. Well, the the planet, the, each tier has like a sector of space where the planets okay, are right. levelled correctly for that area. So is that why, perhaps, in the early planets, you won't see certain materials that are irrelevant? To yeah, you, you won't see yeah. you won't see anything past like gold on the first tier ah, of planets. Okay, cool. And then platinum starts turning up after that, or whatever mm. the stuff you need for the more advanced things, diamonds. But so that so it's like, I mean, that's a fine idea in theory. But the trouble is at the moment that each tier only has two armors, and it's just a straight upgrade from the less good armor to the more good armor <laughs> in that tier. So that's like there's no options for a okay. start, and that, so so there's no like, I mean maybe. This is why I'm not sure whether it's meant to be like that or it's just because there's not much in it at the moment, but it's like they could be saving the interesting stuff for the later tiers where it's like maybe you get armor that gives you special shielding or something or or right. you know bonus effects or something and they just didn't want to put that in the early tiers. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you well, get Maybe tech. they want to add stuff to every tier. Like, well, yeah. you know what I mean? If they've got two in each now, maybe they want to... Make yeah, exactly. Really I, it's like, I don't know whether it's just like this is how it's going to be, or whether because it feels sparse to only have two armors. Yeah, but it's like the real question is how much variance could you even make in armor as a concept? Because mm. like all it does is give you defense and warmth. I guess <laughs> they had to implement a special armor that gave you warmth because they realized that none of the armors they had in the game to st- in the in the, at the start of the beta, none of the armors in the they had in the game actually gave you warmth. So you couldn't go anywhere that was cold. <laughs> so like, oh, we'll just quickly make this armor we had in reserve that's specifically designed for snow. We'll just let you make it. <laughs> it's sort of untiered. Right. Or tier one, I guess. Okay, so there's one set of armor you can get that has warmth. Yeah. Okay. So obviously that will probably change. Yeah. It sounds like they're definitely working on that bit. Yeah. But it's like, so you, yeah. I'm, and then... Like, if you're talking about the weapons and stuff, I mean, they have their procedural weapon generation where it's, like, random, you know, random stats, random effects. But that... The trouble with that is that feels kind kind of like they need to do more of it as well, because... Not because there isn't... There's quite a... There's, there's a few different options. You get, like, one-handed swords and then, like, two-handed weapons. With, and then the two-handers, you have, like big swords and axes and uh, spears and they have like different attack speeds and different attack patterns but the trouble is there's no even though they have different they theoretically can have different effects like fire and poison or whatever but all you care about is all you care about initially firstly is dps because that's all that matters is like how much damage output you're doing (laughs) And then, then maybe swing speed because obviously, if you're if you're swinging a lot, that means you basically have a defensive wall in front of you. <laughs> okay, because you're just creating a wall of murder. So it might be worth having a faster swing with a bit less DPS. Yeah, or or, or if you want to go fancy and have timing, you can do it with slow DPS, slow speed, but lots of DPS. Mm-hmm. But then the actual problem with it is there. The, even though there's like three or four different types of two-handed weapons, you basically there's only one that actually is any use, which is the big swords, because mm. they have a big like overhead slash, which has a hit zone that goes over your head and down in front of you. Whereas like, whereas like the spears have like a little poke, <laughs> which only hits directly in front of you on the same plane, so it's virtually useless if there's a hill. 
Hmm. And then one-handed swords are really only you. It's like you, there's no reason to use a one-handed sword if you're using a two-handed sword, except for one-handed swords you can hold a flashlight at the same time, so they so they're useful when for when it's night or when you're going in a dark cave. Yeah, the lighting stuff seemed cool. Well, the lighting stuff is cool. I mean, it's a ridiculously awesome system considering it's like a square-based pixel game. It's like it actually lights up really awesome with rays and everything. Mm, ray tracing, yeah. Although my, as like as I was saying to Rob, my problem with it is that like that's not how torches work. Right. So like if you shine a torch in a cave, it doesn't illuminate, and then like the beam doesn't get cut off by the edge of a corner. I mean, it does, but then you get like scatter. Yeah. <laughs> the actual way torches illuminate stuff is by like a lot of scattering off it, so it illuminates the vicinity. Well, kind of, but it's always yeah. always like the majority of it is in the the hit zone. And it's like the scatter is always very, very little. Well, yeah, but it's like it's none in, in, in Starbound. Sure. Yeah, like, perhaps a little hint would go a long way. But So it's actually quite difficult to navigate with the torch because you're having to constantly swing it around and look for like where the edges are being cut off. So it's, it's all right. I mean, it looks pretty cool. And then the, and then the other thing that's pretty cool is like the multiplayer works actually really, really well at the moment, so far. Well, in terms of like network stability and... Well, I mean, network stability, because you're running the server yourself, so it's like, sure. that's to do more with who's running the server, but it's like, the actual transmission of data, is, is like, it looks really good when multiple people are like, waving their torches around and everything, it doesn't look laggy or anything. Oh, cool. It all looks pretty smooth, and when you're building stuff together, when everyone's dropping objects and putting blocks down, that looks fine as well, it doesn't seem to lag up, hmm. and even when the server does get laggy, it seems to, I don't know, well, maybe that was just this server, which we think was more to do with the server overrunning its hard disk space rather than no. rather than actual lag, but like then it would get like sections of the world would take ages to load in, but everyone everyone still seemed to move okay. Once you'd get there, and there'd just be a blank yeah, there's space. just be empty space, <laughs> which is actually kind of funny in itself because what happens if you jump in? Well, it's, it's like what happens is the empty space just creates like a force field, okay. and then when you jump at it, you just get stuck in midair. But then you can also, like, if you use the bow, you can fire a bunch of arrows into the into the wall of the empty space, and then when the section loads in, all the arrows just go, boom, <laughs> fly into the zone. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's like a lag lag zone. That's kind of cool. They thought of a way of masking it, at least, or at least making something of it. <laughs> well, it's... not really. It's just like a prevention technique. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's cool. But yeah, so it's it's like it's all... I think, well, one of the things that happened in the, in the beta that I don't necessarily agree with so far is right at the start when they initially released it, they had they had this tiered system where they were going to have 10 tiers, although there's only like four or whatever in at the moment. And to go with the 10 tiers, they had the threat level of the planets, which was rated from like 1 to 100. So then like tier 1 was like 1 to 10. Hmm. So And that meant, so when you were flying around in the, in the world map, you could choose like different difficulty levels of planet to visit, and they'd be harder or less, or you know, whatever. But then, for some reason, I'm not they, I'm not sure why they decided to do this. But one of the early patches they did was they they made it so all the planets in a tier are just the same threat level now. So tier one is all threat level one, and I think that's kind of a bad choice because it's like yeah. everything where's, just where's, seems the same. Where's the risk reward? Yeah. I mean, in theory, there's meant to be like slightly harder and slightly less hard, but it's not marked for a start, which is maybe that's just a UI problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's just like, I, I thought one to 10 per tier was a good spread of difficulties. I wonder if the tier is actually a bit of a 
like a crappy idea in a way like you know actually locking off planets and resources like that it would be quite nice to sort of be able to in, uh, in do some, what you want yeah to in, in some <laughs> aspects craft past it but then have some like uh ability perhaps tied to the bosses that allows you to do some of that stuff better well i i think it's kind of weird how it i mean it's just a it's not even really a gameplay thing it's just more of a style stylized thing that like because the tiers are linked to different sectors of the universe it's like it, when you when you unlock tier two and you go to the beta sector it's yeah. like now once you get to the beta sector now jungle planets exist but only in the beta sector <laughs> Right. And then when you get to tier three, it's like now lava planets exist, but only in the third sector. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is all arbitrary stuff they've put in for the beta, but I don't know if any of that structure really sounds that good. No. Or, or to enforcing the same things that, or the, the same feeling and creativity that you get out of Terraria or no, or, it's or, like or Minecraft. You sort of want to be able, you sort of just want the universe to just be one big thing and let you doss around it and let you go wherever. But if it's like you're going to a threat level ninety planet with like tier one armor, you're just going to get fucked up. But maybe you can stealthily run in there and steal a single bit of whatever ridiculous <laughs> material. <laughs> yeah, something super good. I don't know that that yeah that feels kind of limiting. And then so you feel the, the other kind of fenced in. Just yeah, like... and yeah, as I said, it's like as I said with like the armor and stuff. It still remains to be seen. I mean, they could change it again, like with the t- with the threat levels, and it still remains to be seen whether it's a, whether it's like it only feels narrow because a lot of the stuff isn't in it yet. <laughs> if they gave you more stuff to do per tier, then maybe the tiered system wouldn't feel so bad. Because now, when it's in like at the moment, it's just like there's no almost no reason for you to go to any other planet other than the one you start on in tier one because you can get everything you need to activate the tier one boss on that first planet because they don't vary no or they don't vary enough and there's not specific resources tied to the different climates i guess that's something they probably should do yeah like make an ice planet actually have a resource that you have to go there to get yeah you need a reason to visit more than one planet per tier yeah but then the other, actually the other major problem I have with the planet well, system, other is, than not liking the layout, I guess. <laughs> the other major problem I have to do with the planet system and the, and traveling between planets is that I don't think they really thought it through. But one of the major ways to well, well, because it's a survival thing, you have a food bar, so you have to eat food, obviously. And so one of the first ways you do that in the tutorial is like you get a hunting bow and then when you shoot monsters with the hunting bow, you get meat and then you can just cook it and you can eat that. And it's like, that's fine. It's like meat will keep you going for as long as you need because the hunting bow is actually pretty powerful. <laughs> but that's like kind of boring. So they also have like a cooking system where you can grow crops and then like combine them into specific recipes and make food that is actually better. So it like it fills your hunger bar more and it gives you like bonus effects, like health regen or whatever, mm. rather than just hunger. And it's like, that's great in theory, but the trouble is that like they want you to grow crops, but if you're not on the planet where your crops are, they don't grow. <laughs> Time doesn't pass. No. <laughs> Yeah, Which kind of negates that whole system really badly. Well, actually, some of the design of this just seems kind of counterproductive to the whole building elements as well. Like, yeah, I think. Well, Jeff said it better than I will, but <laughs> the, you know the idea of like you want to fly around and explore, but you you want a, you base. Want a base. Yeah, right. Yeah, you want somewhere absolutely. for everyone to convene and to. And well, the thing is, like the farming 
Well, the way and I guess the farming does perhaps encourage that. But... Well, the, well, yeah, but and it I guess doesn't. You could, and I guess you could build on a tier one. Yeah, but that's that's the problem. It would, the farming would encourage it if time passed while you weren't there. Yeah. Because now, if you put, if you build a nice farm and then fly away and then come back, the farm hasn't grown. <laughs> so that's not actually encouraging you to make a base. It encourages you to do what I did and build like a hydroponics bay on your ship. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise known as shove some dirt in your roof and then plant plants on it. <laughs> <laughs> Because that works. Yeah, because because your ship is always loaded because you can teleport up to it at any time. Then time mm. passes even when you're down on the surface of the planet and the crops grow in your ship. I guess they made themselves a, themselves a difficult problem in a way because it's like they will have to simulate everything that's happening. The only way to really do it well is to simulate everything that's happening on any planet you've had any impact on. Well, the way. The way I was imagining that they could sort of solve this problem, although Spore, I suppose, has kind of did it. Well, the, well, there's there's sort of a sort of an analog for this in in like Minecraft mods, where like if you're talking about like Billcraft or whatever, the way the problem that had was like when you if you travelled away from the error in Minecraft, when the chunks unloaded, it stopped simulating it, so no, nothing worked, and then like all your machines broke. <laughs> Because it's because it's like it wasn't keeping track of the items traveling along the pipes and all that stuff in Buildcraft. So the way they fixed that problem for Minecraft was they made a there was mods that where it, they made a special block, and if you place that block in a chunk, it forced it to stay loaded, so you could keep your machines active even when you were far away. And it's like so that could work. I mean, it's a technically it's a bit of a hack way of solving the problem. But if you could like mark a, a section of the planet as like this is my base keep this loaded so that the plants grow <laughs> or just make it so plants always grow i don't know or make it so it keeps track of how long you've been away and then like time warps the planet up to speed when you get back or something i don't <laughs> there's many ways to solve this problem but it needs solving is basically what we're saying <laughs> and then the other thing that sort of needs to happen as, as well probably to do with the space travel is if they want you to have a base, and obviously building stuff is cool and it's an awesome, it has like a nice way of building things. It's a, you know, it's an easy thing to do and you can make cool stuff. And there's lots of like furniture items that you can put in to make your base look cool and all this stuff. If they want you to do that, they need to have, I mean, this might be another thing that's just not in yet, but they need to have more stuff that has to be on a planet's surface. Cause like what everyone does at the moment is like not just farms on your ship, but also like, all your chests for storage and all your crafting benches and stuff, you just cram them in your ship because that's always there. So you can just go to your ship and do your crafting and store your crap. So if there was like item, some kind of buildings or something that you had to put on a planet surface for some reason, unexplainedly. Could it be solved by allowing you to build crazy ass ships? Well, I mean, they want to have upgradable ships, but I think that might, that's not going to solve the problem. That's just going to exacerbate it. Mm. Then your ship becomes your base and you never have to go to any plants for any reason. <laughs> Apart from them get resources, uh, they could perhaps add some like sort of cool mechanics, I guess, to the ship. Like, say, if you're acting as a group, that a group has a ship, like that everyone has to contribute towards and makes make awesome and run and stuff. And then you have to worry about, oh shit, we left a dude behind. <laughs> well, I don't think that's not quite FDL, but something along those lines. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, you see, so. You know, a bit more of a community effort with regards to both the ships and everything else. So, like, if the community has to work towards, oh crap, we need we're gonna like we need you to send you send you out to gather some materials from these other nearby planets or put together enough stuff to build a little ship. 
maybe. But I think what they could do is just make... make well, this, this is another ridiculous thing, but, like, make it more like Buildcraft, I guess. It's just like, at the moment, you just have a crafting table and you go there and you craft things. But if they made it so, like, or not Buildcraft, even maybe, like, Industrial Craft, where, they, where in Industrial Craft it was like you had to have... You had to have electricity, so you had to run wires and then have solar panels and like batteries to store the power and then route it into your machines and stuff. And then eventually you could build nuclear reactors that made a shit ton of electricity to run the really power hungry machines. Hmm. It's like make it so that uh, so that a crafting table or maybe maybe some of the later tech crafting tables, make it so a crafting table isn't just an item that you can put on your ship. Make it have like a support structure or just make it fucking huge so it doesn't fit in the ship. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how lazy you want to be. Some arbitrary restriction. All right, so you, yeah, so you, so you almost want to gate crafting by crafting equipment, and then that is in itself gated by how much ship you have. Well, not how much ship. I just want to have a reason to have an actual base and to be able to build a base. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Have a planet oh, yeah. to go back to all the time, or like have some passive resources that like like solar power, because at the moment you fuel your ship with coal. <laughs> which kind of sucks because you have to go around digging for coal every time you jump onto a new planet it's like why not have like a solar farm or something you can build in on your main base planet and then have that as a literal base of operations so every time you go back there you can go oh look my solar farm has built up a certain amount of fuel and then I can load that up into my ship I bet me does wonder right what if you took the design some of the, the design elements of Spore's space section right combine it with Firaxis's knowledge of how to make a game like that work in terms of systems or diplomacy and things like that, right? And like between, because that's a that's an unexplored area of this, I suppose. Is like, what about alien races? Because part of building a base is, <laughs> I mean, there's plenty you, of them, but you just shoot them. <laughs> but you know, part of building a base is the need to defend it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so you need like some kind of hostility. Well, to, I mean, if you think about Terraria's like. Because Terraria had the thing where, like, oh no, the zombies come out at night and they just walk in from the edge of the screen, and then if you if you have doors exposed, they can open them and then come and fuck up your villagers, and then they're really dumb, so you can just like fool them by making a by make basically the way you do it in Terraria is just make build your base underground and make it so that when the zombies come in, they have to drop down onto a wooden platform that's above lava, but because they're dumb, they just try and always go to the lowest possible position, which is in the lava, yeah, right. <laughs> and then they die. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how you built base defense and terrain but yeah it's like you're genius but you know do that but then combine it with the gameplay of Starbound so you have enough systems behind it to make all this extraterrestrial stuff kind of work yeah because it sounds like there just aren't enough systems well I think you're it's like you're asking quite a lot really uh, yeah don't get me wrong that is ambitious and no one has pulled off that <laughs> scale of game yet no I mean um, Terraria um, Starbound is probably fine in terms of like it's theoretically fine in terms of exploration, assuming they manage to keep putting content in. Because, I mean, I've seen quite a lot of the mini dungeons and stuff, if not all of them. Probably not all of them. I think I might have missed, like, one or two. But it's like, that's that's still good. It's like, it's still okay to walk to a planet and be like, well, we have to run, run across this planet's surface looking for whatever interesting mini dungeons have spawned, or, or interesting mini biomes that have weird materials in them. It's a wafty biome. Yeah. Like, that's still interesting if there's enough content there, but it's like that's not really a mechanic as such. There's not a, the, like, how it is. <laughs> it is basically exactly the same problem as Minecraft, isn't it? It's like, yeah. exploring the world is fine, and you go and find the stronghold and, like, 
get your way into hell or whatever. And that's all, that's all well and good. But then you want something like Buildcraft or Industrial Craft. You want to have actual mechanics and like a reason to have a base and a reason to build, not just like mm. to collect. Like once you have a shit ton of diamonds, well, you're done. <laughs> but what if you could turn those diamonds into something else more interesting, like a freaking matter manipulator, and then explode the entire world for no reason? It's like there needs to be <laughs> there exactly. needs to be more mechanics other than just exploration. Exploration is good, but only for a certain amount of time. Uh, exploration is good. Should be the first phase, too. right? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it doesn't have to be the first. But phase, it does. Yeah, it has to be like you can make an entire game about exploration, like No Man's Sky, I guess. But if there's enough reward from what you're doing, and I'm not convinced on the rewards on Starbound. I mean, Starbound may be all about exploration. Perhaps base building is not something they're really gunning for as a as, a, as, a, as a core principle um, to how you should play that game. But that means that they're going to have to get the exploration stuff interesting enough. Like, so certain planets will have secrets, you know, like oh. Oh, I haven't seen that before. It needs to do the sort of FTL-like thing, I suppose, of what the shit just happened? What is that? Yeah, it needs to be... It needs, if they're going to prioritise on the exploration, it has to be like... like Well, it has to be split into the tiers, basically. You can't just find everything at any point. Yeah, that's no, you need to be Otherwise, excited. you're just jumping around forever hoping that you're going to find something. You need to be excited about what you're going to find, and for the long-term survival of that game, like when you put it next to something like Minecraft or Terraria, then you kind of need... Or Terraria. I still don't really know how you're supposed <laughs> to say it. Um, you, need, you need some reason to sort of be constantly surprised, like enough about the worlds can be unique to sort of go, oh, that's interesting. Well, I just think the exploration... That's, that's, that's what you need from an exploration game. The exploration would... Pro- I, I still like exploration, but with a gated mechanic for base building. I mean, come on. Just Instead of just having a generic upgrade to your ship that lets you go to the next sector, make it so you actually have to, like, build a little industrial factory on your planet or something that manufactures the upgrade over time or something yeah. as you feed it resources. Make it a gameplay mechanic, make it not just a menu option, basically, is what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, on a simple level, Elite kind of achieved that by, you could tell some basic statistics about a planet yeah. on the map like oh these guys are have this style of government their attitude is generally this their population is this um but in order to ter- work out how good your trading is going to be with them you had to go there because mm. that was the only way you could see the product list yeah and then you go there and you go well this was a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. um but that made going to somewhere interesting yeah um, there was something to surprise you or you know look forward to there was an outcome yeah <laughs> whereas i'm not sure what there is in this like you're going to a planet and it's like well this is going to be a nice planet i know everything that exists on a nice planet yeah maybe it's going to be a yeti so really it's just it's still it could be early in the visa and there's clearly loads of stuff that's not in it yet so it's just a matter of yeah it depends how much they're really going to expend ex- extend it and like how how much are they holding back to keep the beta functional to test what they wanted to test? You know, that's always the question with betas. Oh, yeah. it? But you and are then, course, optimistic about it. Yeah. I mean, even if mm. only for, even if it only becomes like as good as Terraria, <laughs> which is basically halfway there, I guess. Mm. <laughs> but it's just a matter of like, but then what about Terraria 2? Oh, what about Terraria 2? Mm. How long that's going to take? I mean, maybe. And then the other trouble with this is because it's like all the pe- me and all the people from IRC piled into this visa immediately, 
did our shit and then after like two days it was like okay i guess we're done with this for now <laughs> it's like we've seen what there is yeah and then so that i mean that obviously runs the classic risk of like does your enthusiasm keep up or does it wane because of the early access problem yeah you know? are you are you are you not satisfied enough with just getting a little trickle do you need to like hold off and then wait for a larger jump <laughs> yeah you see i'm not sure i could do the early access thing i think i would play it kind of get the feeling of what it's going to be and where it's going to go and then unless i stay out of it for a really long time like the early access was literally very early access yeah and then came into it and was pleasantly surprised about how it all turned out and was impressed by how far it come that sort of stuff i don't think that's going to really keep me infused about stuff i don't know it's different i think for a multiplayer game where you can get some very immediate satisfaction because of the competitive nature i guess like yeah i don't know and then they constantly drip feed you updates to keep you playing yeah you're not it's not because they're like in this game it's expiration like yeah. like we were saying and once you've seen it you've seen it <laughs> yeah then again, I suppose you ended up going back to things, for you at least, you ended up going back to things like Dwarf Fortress because of the mechanical changes. Yeah, exactly. It's like mechanics are the important thing. Yeah. Exploration, once you've seen it, you've seen it. And maybe they'll... I think making new explorable assets is maybe harder than making mechanics almost. Maybe, yeah. Well, it depends if those new surprises, these secrets, these wow moments are mechanics in themselves. Not like core mechanics, but they do something different. Or yeah. Like, like all the crazy weaponry, I guess, from Terraria. I mean, there's, is there any sense of the sort of bonkersness of how some of that stuff ended up? Well, yeah, I like guess... Like making stars fall from the sky and... I guess that is sort of the other thing that's not there in Sunland yet. It's like, a sword is a sword and maybe it does fire and maybe it does poison. There's not any of the weird high-tech stuff. Because that was some of the coolest stuff. Yeah. It's just, it just got so weird in places. Yeah. I think almost... I'm tempted to say they're updating too much. <laughs> oh, really? It's like they've already done three or four updates and the visa's only been out less than a week, I guess. And it's like, I think, because that's the problem, that's like, that's the trickle problem. It's like, I think they, they, in terms of like, retention of interest, they'd probably be better off doing big chunks of update instead. But I mean, they can't really, because the whole point of the beta is it's meant to be for testing. And this is actually a beta, not early access, <laughs> even though it's on early access on Steam. It's a paid for beta as well. Yeah. It? So you'll get the game when it comes out. Yeah. They are actually calling it an actual beta and the beta has three stages where it's like, in stage one, it's going to be well fucked up and we might wipe your characters all the time, <laughs> which they have. But it's like, I think it's just like, you can't trickle stuff into this world because if you like, if you introduce one new dungeon into the in, into the world, everyone's just going to go and see it, and then that's that. <laughs> yeah, I guess because they'll have all uh, worked up to the, whatever the limited max is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll already be able to go to it straight away, assuming it spawns wherever they're going. I guess that results in quite focused testing for them. Though. Well, that is true. It does mean that everyone is just there ready to go as soon as they put in something like yeah. that. <laughs> and it's like, let's see how this turns out. And you can pretty much guarantee most people are going to, or a reasonable chunk of people are going to be trying whatever this brand new thing is. So overall, I'm going to say that I guess it's probably not going to be a problem because if everyone in IRC is a plane, then I don't have nearly as much interest in playing as well because there's because of that slight amount of community that I have. Yeah, well, that will definitely help. 
Yeah. If so, if you if someone pulls you back in, yeah, Godfather style. It's like if Kibbles <laughs> wants to do a Starbound stream, like he's been suggesting, I'll go and join his multiplayer game for that, and we'll sure. doss around and build a house or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is always something more to it. I think you know, just, I I will happily get dragged into more games. I think than I would choose to play myself. Yeah, but not that that really happens much these days because I tend to only either play duty games with you or COD with Kibbles. <laughs> But, so yeah, I'll probably hold off from playing Starbound too much more in the coming weeks. Although I probably might still jump in every time there's a patch if there's any kind of inter- we're, interest. We're running really long. Dan, do you want to talk about the end Are of we? GTA? Yeah. Uh, I can do. I only just played it just now. Well, um, well it should be fresh uh, in your mind then. Yeah, fresh in my mind. Um, well, ending, I don't know. Um, it wasn't as dramatic <laughs> as... Uh, um, what as wasn't as good as Red Dead, but then what is really? Uh, no, that's, that's uh, quite an ending to beat. Well, the thing is, it had a three-way. The very end of GTA Five. I, I, I will avoid spoilers if I can, but um, well, I certainly oh, will. Because you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna play it. Uh, no, don't. No spoilers. In fact, don't switch this <laughs> off because I'm gonna not not give it, give anything away. But like, you have a, like a three-way choice at the end, so I presume there's three endings. So. I've only seen oh, one. Oh no, um, dial-in ending. Well, there's a yeah, it's, got, it's, it's literally dial-in ending because you get your phone out and dial the ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> if that was an intentional like spoof of that concept, then that yeah, well, funny. it could it could well have been because you did it you do it on your phone. And what also freaked me out was, of course, I was playing on my computer. Uh, this was uh, earlier on. Um, well, I have. Well, I, have, I was playing on my PC monitor, right, with the sound mm. pipe through my. Um, PC, so my PC was on, and he, the guy whips out his um, his phone on screen, and then there's a there, there was a very loud ringtone, which was louder than the game. And I thought, I thought, hang on, is this suddenly gone? Is this phone in, in game ringing super loud? It took me like a good five seconds to realize that my mum was calling me on Skype on, on and it was coming <laughs> through the same speakers. <laughs> anyway, well, Skype ringtone is. Have you customized your Skype or something? Because uh, the Skype ringtone is so like recognizable yeah i guess it probably was a standard one but the thing is they all have different ringtones i think all the all the characters in gta so i couldn't remember anyway never mind okay. uh yeah dial an ending um yeah what what i i mean the writing it- some of the writing is really good like the dialogue is amazing in, in gta 5 and, and some of the character stuff is really well done but like i, I feel like the central um tension in the story uh which is mostly between uh Trevor and Michael it never really gets resolved in a like a in a good satisfying way uh in my opinion i mean i think probably depending on the dialogue ending you know it could end quite differently between perhaps one of them is satisfying yeah. <laughs> exactly maybe but I, I i kind of went with the um uh i don't know I don't know. You'll you have to see what the choices are. But um, the good guy ending. <laughs> the I tried to go for probably. the good guy-ish, the more good guy-ish ending, and I feel like that might be a less satisfying one. But in terms of the actual what happens, like 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 there's massive shootouts and stuff, obviously, and like there's loads of really great missions leading up to the end. Uh, I, you know, I did the there's the FBI heist, FIB, sorry, and then the, the which is really cool, and then the final heist is the. Because the union depository thing, Majiggy. So heists in general are great, and they get even more 
crazy and epic as it goes along. And then, so it feels like the actual end mission and stuff probably can't compare with some of the heists, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter because it all rolls into one long, cool story. And it, it's really well told. Uh, apart from, like I say, that I've, I, I might have to think about it, but I feel like the that underlying tension that kind of forms, because there's a bit sort of two-thirds of the way through or some something big happens and it feels like that stuff is going to, you know, going to go nuclear, basically. And it kind of does, but then it kind of gets pulled back and then never really... Never goes back to that than, height. Exactly, never goes back to that height. Uh, but that height was really good. I mean, it was really exciting and stuff. And a lot of the missions and stuff, the heists are super exciting and cool. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, really good. Uh, and uh, the more you play it, like, like I, I just like the driving and stuff, like I said before. But the more you play it, the more you get kind of used to the world and you know where everything is. I felt like mm. I've been playing this game for ages and um, I feel like only now am I starting to, because it's such a huge world, am I starting to understand, you know, you know, the light I've, of it. I've got a a real gist of of the whole place and the all the different geographies and stuff and all the different mm. areas of the city and the the countryside and everything. And it is a it's an amazing world. Obviously, I mean that's one of that's one of the key things about it, isn't it? Is like aside from, it's almost like the game stands aside from the world in in some ways. It's like it's a really good game set in a really good world, but like they could almost be separate. Like you could hmm. maybe do the story like and Anywhere. just do it linear somehow. I don't know how that would work, but maybe. Anyway, yeah, so that those two parts come together. But uh yeah, so really good. Um so obviously I'm a big fan of the series, but it will be on my contenders for game of the year, I'm sure. Uh but uh who's to say whether it will win? But um I could tell you it won a VGX for Game of the Year. <laughs> oh, did it? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, we'll Quite get the fact, to this I discussion. I think it didn't win any of the other categories, but it was like the overall package was a winner. Kind of right, thing. well, I, I suspect it will win quite a few Game of the Years, um, but, I mean, that doesn't matter, you know. Uh, I'd be well, more, no, I'm more interested to like, see, you know, what Diamond Sale. The only thing that matters is the Game of the Year, obviously. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. The people we care about, like, 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 um, like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to be contrary and stuff, but like, um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it certainly is a contender, but but I don't. Obviously, I I probably had higher expectations than were possible to be met. Although I think they were met with the world, hmm. uh, and the story was. I mean, I think I mean Jeff's one of Jeff's main criticisms when he reviewed this was this, this like it is a bit weird now. The story has got. So like, um, it's not super serious. There's loads of comedy and stuff in it, but, it, but it, it, it has a weight to it that kind of clashes quite badly with the traditional GTA humor GTA you hear time. on the radio. Yeah. And so that radio stuff just, just sounds, especially, and the world looks more, re- more and more real. And it starts to get a bit weird that they, it has this kind of comic in this kind of weird cartoon uh, version of reality going on. At the same time. It sounds like there's two teams of two different ideas kind of warring against each other. Well, forming some kind of bizarre tonal uncanny valley. Yeah, sometimes stuff. It's like some of the satire is like valley. (laughs) It feels like in in the past, some of the 
the satire, all of the satire was like completely in your face. It wasn't subtle at all, uh, but it worked. Um, but now some of the satire is, is quite of the, of the kind of American culture it is quite subtle, like the stuff with Michael's family and, and, um, cause they're more like real, they're kind of half between terrible, awful caricatures and like more like real characters because as the story goes along, you know, cause like his son and his daughter and his wife, they're all real awful stereotypes, but you start to sort of. I guess care about them or whatever, or like, or, or at least invested by the end of it. So it's a bit, and and that contrasts with the radio where it's like, or or stuff like that where it's like, this is just stupid. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and yeah, and the world, the fact that the world is really cool looking and, and a really good match to Southern California from what I hear, uh, and yet there's a big sign saying something really stupid, yeah, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but exactly, exactly. Well, I don't know. I don't know if in a game, I guess the GTA series has been sort of maturing in a way, like becoming more. Yeah, and I don't mean that in a maturing as in the content has been becoming more mature, but that it's, I don't know, more written for an adult audience. If you see what I mean, it's kind of a smart yeah, I think adult it is. audience rather than a crude. Thing. Yeah, well, this one but, has as its centre like a guy going through a midlife crisis, which is yeah. like typical GTA. I mean, I, I don't know, like necessarily, like how I'd feel about having not really played the game and not really had a, a able to get a feel for it, I guess. But the uh, I don't know a bit of me like if you if you are writing a story maybe with that much weight, sometimes perhaps sneaking that stuff in on the side is as just part of the world, not necessarily part of what you're doing could act as a bit of relief, maybe. Exactly. A bit of light relief. Yeah. I mean, but there but is, is quite ju- a lot but of is it relief. too jarring? Like if it was like relief, but subtler. You, it's fine. You, it's fine. I think it's fine. It, it's just, it can't go on like this is the only thing. I, 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 I like think... constant adverts for Robco products. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally you need that. <laughs> can't go uh, on like this. But fuck it. <laughs> Well, I think it stands out most when they connect what you're doing to the kind of stupid humor, because what happens is, just as in the previous games, like you do some ridiculous mission, uh, like a heist or something, and then when you're on, you're then driving later on, and you're listening to the radio, and then they'll report what happened on the news, but they'll mm. do it in the Weasel News kind of ridiculous Fox News parody style, which is a bit weird. I did that on Saints Row as well. Like, yeah the radio would come on and it'd be dun, 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 and then it'd be like the person that sounded like Asian reporter Trisha Takanawa from like Family Guy <laughs> come on and do something right. um, do us it wouldn't be totally serious again, yeah but Saints Row Saints Row is serious so, but you know it, Saints Row's tone is all over the crazy ass pace which is awesome yeah. uh, uh, but quite different appeal now they've diverged nicely I think Saints Row and GTA they're, they're definitely you can easily enjoy both. Yeah, you know, they're not really. They're, they're not even really things. like the new one. Isn't even. It isn't even slightly similar. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, no. They've become different beasts, and that's for yeah, the better. Which is cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I suppose so, yeah, any, the one any, worry, and this has been a problem for us, I guess, in previous years as well, is that neither Zach and I have touched GTA, <laughs> like at all. Oh yeah, well, and, we, that, and that, yeah, for award purposes, that gives us a bit of a problem. <laughs> well, I can uh, I can bring it with me at, at, at Christmas, but you're not going to get much of a sense of it. But uh, no, you can, get, you but can give be, it a bash. It's it certainly would, it the early help. stuff. The early stuff would be is quite good. Like the you start off mostly with Franklin, and that's kind of cool. Uh, a bit of like just, 
down there. Yeah, just bring your stuff. whole Xbox or your hard drive or something. We're going to have a problem with that online. <laughs> oh, right. Because oh, of the install. Okay. Yeah, maybe not then. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well, I, I mean, I'd, I would, I'd be up for it, but yeah, with the, unfortunately, the, the nature of the problem is that it can't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll have to see how like we go anyway. Memory stick or something. There's going to be a bunch of games like like you guys are going to have to commit. I mean, it always happens. It happens with even yeah, the, yeah. even the big the big um, you know critics and stuff. But you're going to have to convince me on on uh, uh, Devil May Cry or whatever. So yeah, exactly. D- I was about to say DMC probably falls into that as well because I haven't been able to convince Zach to try it. And well, and whatever Zach puts up. I won't have played. I think, I think this year probably not really anything I played is going to be remotely actually contenders. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I think we're stuff though. We might be more desperate this year. I think that we have been. Yeah, hmm. probably. Okay. Well, last time it was a game you guys both played, wasn't it? In the shape of um, uh, the MMO. Uh, Guild oh, Wars. Guild Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So I was happy with that. So we'll see how we're doing this year. Anyway, we're we're running really long, aren't we? So. Super long. Okay. One more thing, though. Okay. Just to wrap this up with a stupid anecdote, or not really an anecdote. Do it involve Waft? No. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of installs, the hilarity of the Battlefield 4 free DVDs. Well, yeah, we got retail versions, and it's quite a big install. That, right. like, it's like, I think that's the first game I've ever seen for PC that comes on free DVD. It's not like I play that many games physically on PC, I guess. I don't know. I can't remember how many Battlefield 3 came on. Two. Was it even two? Might have been one. I don't know. There's a box over here. <laughs> I guess you can look. But yeah, it comes on free DVDs, which has the hilarious effect of it. It had, a, it had the DVD case. It had two DVDs on the spindle, which always sucks because they just fucking stack two, two DVDs on top of each other. I know where you're going with this. And then the mysterious third one. <laughs> and then the third DVD was in a piece of cardboard shoved in where the manual normally goes. <laughs> I got really confused when it said ask for disc free. I was like, what disc free? <laughs> but the best thing about that was that like the bit of cardboard that this DVD was shoved in, it's, it's clear that there hasn't been another game that's been on free disc for a really long time because the piece of cardboard says PC, DVD, PC CD-ROM on it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just EA's old, old design for that piece of cardboard. There oh. hasn't been a game that's had free discs since the CD age. Oh, Battlefield 3 was two DVDs, confirmed. Yeah. Although, hang on, I might have another contender for DVDs in a box. What's that? Rage. Oh, yeah, that's probably gigantic. Rage, Rage had an enormous install. Just put one mega texture on your DV- on yep, one three. DVD. They stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Oh, three DVDs stacked on top of each other on the spindle. Ugly. I've seen that before. I have seen that. But that oh, fuck your disc right up. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that case, that means, makes the Battlefield 4 box make even less sense. If yeah, there's a true. fucking DVD box so, design that will have three CDs stacked on top of each other. <laughs> someone has done this before. So there you go. That was the dumb story for what's, the end of this podcast. It's not as crazy as those old old game boxes like Conor McRae 4 for its four CDs or something, where, where, where the CDs were sort of partially overlapping each other. Like, you know, one would be well, half on kind top of the sense. other. At least you could see there were four. It's true. But the, the box was massive. Well, not like the Five Seven box. Oh, no. The big old chunk. Yeah. Two reverse opening panels. Those old crazy jewel cases. I think those used to have, like, chunky manuals in them as well. Some... Well, so did everything. Nothing yeah. has manuals any longer. No. 
So yeah, that's that. End this right. podcast. <laughs> Let's bring this to a conclusion. Uh, says. Uh, yes. Thank God we uh, ate first. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining us. I think I think we need to go back to that two and a quarter hour limit situation because that worked quite well for a long time. Oh, no, we, <laughs> Maybe yeah, we can impose that on Audacity somehow. Um, cool. Well, thanks for sticking. Just in have there. a stopwatch and start. Like, <laughs> I've tried that. Like, I, I, always, this shit. <laughs> I always set up the stopwatch. Yeah, but and then, then I'm going to. And then, yeah, I always forget to push go because I'm in the middle of doing my intro thing with Jake. And anyway, <laughs> we're going to have it going beep, beep, beep at the end as well. Because it has to be well, like a, a nice, alarm, nice hard limit. It's like, right, we've got to stop talking about whatever it is we're talking about. We've run out of time. This is a live show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm going to do next time. It's going to be an alarm. Okay, cheers. Well, the problem is next time we'll probably be doing Game of the Year stuff. And we, we've always run long on that. Okay, well, not next time then. But Yeah, soon. not next time. Maybe in season five. Oh, holy in shit, season, season five. And I went to the It's in oh, March. Yeah. I've still got three months to come up with a new intro. Good. Yeah. yeah you got time. Okay. Where you won't do it until the last week, naturally. Yeah, of course I won't. Cool. <laughs> Catch you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> there we go. You know, actually, have a push stop. Yep. I was just waiting for Zach to say, not say bye. But he still hasn't. This is awkward. <laughs> That's how we would say it. No, that was not a very good impression at all. <laughs>